22 pages later with your hosts, The Cap, Mike the Finance Guy, and Ralph the Tech. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another No Wives or Babies edition or the Vitamin C edition of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later, Episode 70. Thank goodness we got off that 69. Episode 69. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As always, I'm one of your hosts, The Cap, and I'm here with the man whose thirst for story perfection is as enormous as the words he uses or his BBC. MFG, Mike the Finance Guy. But you're better than normal. You're abnormal. <laughs> Shit, I, was, I, they were telling Fry that, right? Oh, it was Fry actually was saying that. I think he was oh. saying it to Leela, I think. <laughs> I love that show so much. And the other voice you hear with him is the man that is very quiet but carries a big laptop. Archie Square, Ralph the Tech. You know, I can't wait for the day that chickens can cross the roads and their motives will not be questioned. and that other laugh sitting in the special guest chair is a very good friend of mine a friend of the podcast um as well as an independent comic book creator last year he spoke about his first installment of his series sons of fate now he's back to shoot the proverbial shit with us and tell us more about his new project sons of fate legacy please give it up for john paul jp deshong hey thank you sons of fate legacy I don't remember getting an. I don't remember getting I don't remember getting an applause when my name was announced. What the hell's up with that? Uh, you don't deserve one. Hello, do you know who's in charge of the soundboard? Uh, this guy, <laughs> the guy with the big laptop. <laughs> oh yeah. So, like I was saying, JP's on to shoot the shit with us and also talk about his newest project, Sons of Fate Legacy. Definitely can't wait to talk about this stuff. Oh yeah. And then on top of that, we're gonna review the latest edition to the Bond franchise, Spectre. Get ready, I, bitches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I mean, and, and my, I'm not, I'm not a Bond fan, so for me to watch this, it was like, all right. I, I, and I ask people, do I have to watch Skyfall before I see Spectre? And people are like, no, 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 no. We'll talk about that second half. <laughs> but first, let's open the show with Mike warming us up, not with his hands, but telling us what's right <laughs> and wrong with the geek world. Let's go to the quick news. And now, the quick news with Mike the Finance Guy and Ralph and Kyle. You'd like me to warm you up with your hand, my hands, wouldn't you? I feel like calluses. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, CBS is boldly going where nobody wanted them to go since May 2005. On November 2nd, CBS Television Studios announced that it will be airing a brand new, untitled, Star Trek television series beginning in January 2017. But in the twist that would scare the triple out of Shatner's toupee, the series will only be available in the U.S. on CBS All Access, which is the network's digital subscription, video on demand, and live streaming service for $5.99 per month. I didn't even know that existed. Oh, yeah. Whereas the rest of the world will be able to watch the episodes on its CBS stations like normal. Wow. Oh, yeah. U.S. We get to pay for everything. That's that <laughs> love that. Oh, my yeah. God. You, now, know, be- you know what you need then? What's that? Arr. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but now, before you set your phases on Kill, know that the premiere episode will be available to U.S. viewers on regular CBS television. Now, Alice Kurtzman, who co-wrote the reboot movie Star Trek and Star Trek Into Darkness, will serve as the new series uh, executive producer. But the show is not related to the upcoming block- uh, summer blockbuster film Star Trek Beyond. Okay. So... 
All right. So, so I, I just think that's the weirdest thing in the world. So, and that's why I'm yeah. What is it called? Star Trek Beyond? Uh, that's the new movie. So far, yeah, that's the title. It has Star Trek Beyond. Oh. Which every time I, I kept looking at it, I keep imagining Batman on the Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really annoying to me. I'm like, wh- wh- which one? Terry or fucking well, old man Batman Wayne? <laughs> old man Wayne. <laughs> well, old man Wayne would just be like, I said to set the damn phases on stun. <laughs> Ace, bring my shields up. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know how I, you know, it makes me feel like when I'm watching um, UFC events, every other um, country gets those UFC events for free, but we have to pay for pay per view. So I'm like, yeah. it kind of sounds like the same stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm like, so we get to pay for everyone else's free entertainment. Yeah. What the hell's up with that? So uh, <laughs> CBS is showing the first episode on their TV station, right? And simulcast as well on the CBS All uh, Access. So they're doing, they're following the drug dealer route. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I was first actually going to write free. that in. I was about to say like, first ones for free. After that, you're paying for it. <laughs> but that's exactly what it is. Um, I don't get, and evidently it's been out for a while. I did not know this. It's it's the CBS All Access. I mean, not the yeah, yeah. You know, it's been around for a while. They say they have like a X million of viewers, you know, or, or users. But I never even heard of it. Those are probably all the people that work at CBS. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> oh my god. Well, let's let's hope that it's a success because I know the past couple of TV shows for Star Trek have not been a success. Voyager wasn't very good, yeah. and Enterprise wasn't very good. So. No, it was not. Yeah, so let's hope that this is actually something worth watching. Otherwise, we're stuck with the movies. Yeah. I shouldn't say stuck. Should I say stuck? Fuck it. Whatever. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> All right, what else you got there, MFG? Right. Well, now we're going to take the testosterone down to a simmer. Oh, Ro- fuck. Romance novel cover model and four-time Mr. Universe Mike O'Hearn has taken to social media in becoming Prince Adam, a.k.a. He-Man, in the still-in-development Masters of the Universe movie. And although O'Hearn has gone through a lot of trouble to make fans and supporters believe he has the role... The casting, like the film, is still uncertain. Ah. Yeah. That's the voice of Batman, right? Who? <laughs> Michael Hearn, right? Michael Hearn? Never mind. Oh, wow. <laughs> Remember that thing I said before the podcast about we're all paying attention? That shit is gone now. <laughs> I'm like, what the? <laughs> I'm like, Kevin Conroy? I was like, it doesn't even sound like Kevin Conroy. But... No, no, no. Oh, keep going. Keep going. Are you talking about like in the more recent Batman? Yes. I don't know. Who, that, that's uh, O'Hara. Oh, there you go. O'Hara. O'Hara, yeah. That's what it sounded like. Police Chief (laughs) O'Hara. I won't even try to do an accent because I always do it bad. But wait, so this guy doesn't even know he's got the part, but he's pushing that he is Prince Adam. The movie is not even officially in development yet. Oh, my God. But but they keep talking about it. My bad. That was Jason O'Mara. Ah, oh, so I, was, so I was even wrong. Yeah, was well, I'm like, shocked on that. Too. Mine rhymed though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <but> rhyming counts. <laughs> That's the way it works. <laughs> well, I mean, going back to Masters of the Universe, it's funny that, and it's there's a gig on a go question about that. It's funny when I look at Masters of the Universe and I'm like, wow, the original comic book that came in the with the dolls were fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then when you look at the cartoon, you're like, wow, <laughs> like how lame was it? But as a kid, I loved it. And I try he to watch man. it. And, he punches the screen. <laughs> hey, that's Phil, Phil, powerful man in the universe. Filmation, the at, filmation at its best. Oh, <laughs> filmation at its best. All right. You know, when I saw those as a kid, I always wondered why no one knew that, you know, Prince Adam was He-Man. I'm like, are you serious? Well, because he's not tan. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Well, 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 it's like a girl. I mean, like, you, you don't recognize strippers when they're in their clothes, right? Same thing. All the time. What are you talking about? <laughs> you don't I, go, Diamond. You don't know that. <laughs> I, when I see her walking away, I'll be like, I know that ass anywhere. <laughs> wow. Before we get slapped with a suit. Mike, what else you got? <laughs> All right. In three weeks, remember to keep a hand towel next to your TV viewing seat. 
Damn, Why? Oh, God. Well, because that's when this season's CW Flash and Arrow crossover event will happen and you will cream your pants. <laughs> <laughs> and don't act like you haven't seen the promo picture and haven't been drooling like Roger Rabbit watching Jessica showering. <laughs> we know that at some point, Kendra Saunders is going to tell some half-calf foam latte hipster to hit the road while she dons her leather and meets up with Wolverine. Uh, I mean, Hawkman. <laughs> <laughs> and join in on the ass-kicking crossover excitement. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, I I'm cannot not wait for they that. They did it well the first time. Yeah. And they did it well. Did they, I'm sure they had like a, a second crossover during the. Yeah, era. we've had two. Yeah, we've had two. Um, they really do it well. I mean, yeah. the, one thing that DC does well, not movies, is um, they, <laughs> no. they, their TV universe is on point. Yeah. And the way they've crossed everything over now, Supergirl, like we talked about last show, a little suspect, but maybe that'll turn around. Yeah, I haven't watched anything past that first episode yet, and I, I just I, I, can't. I saw it. You should see it. It's pretty good. Okay. It's, all, it's all right. I mean, okay. I'll say that. It, it's gotten better. Oh, okay. That's but good. it's like saying- How was know, the Red Tornado? Or is he, has that happened yet? That's not the, yet. That, that's oh, this okay. Week, that's coming, coming up. up okay. yeah. Mm. yeah. That that picture of him still does not excite me. I'm like, it's a guy in a suit. And a really <laughs> bad suit. Like, bad Comic-Con suit. <laughs> you know. Damn. Well, I'll, I'll say this. If they- are successful like they were last year, it'll be a great show, to, great, a great few shows to watch. Okay. All right. All right. And now, hats off and heads down to mourn the passing of a serial killing icon. Gunnar Hansen, a.k.a. Leatherface from the 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre film, died on November 7th, 2015. Hansen was born in Reykjavik, Iceland on March 4th, 1947. His family moved to the U.S. when he was five. He worked as a computer operator um, after high school before graduating from the University of Texas with degrees in English and mathematics before finding fame under a uh, mask made of human flesh. Gunnar Hansen died in his home in Maine uh, after suffering with pancreatic cancer. He was 68. Wow. Yeah. yeah I, was, I was amazed. When I was reading his bio, I'm like, wow, he's a BA in English and math. I'm like, you, just, you don't expect this from this guy running around like, ah! It don't take much to crack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or get paid to crack. All right, but I also thought this is a good time to note a few people in the entertainment industry we've recently lost. Uh, George Barris, who? He was a custom car designer who built yes. the Batmobile, the Munsters Castic Drag Racer, a.k.a. Dragula, wow. and Kit in later seasons of Knight Rider, among other um, vehicles that he designed. He died November 5th of natural causes at the age of 89. Okay. Uh, former Republican Senator Fred Thompson, who was a politician and actor, better known as Manhattan DA Arthur Branch on the Law and Order series, seasons 13 through 17. He died November 1st of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma at the age of 73. Al Molinari, actor. He was best known as Al from Happy Days. He died October 30th from gallstone complications. He was 96. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm like, that's not natural causes? Um, <laughs> Sam Sarong, actor, model, and musician. Uh, he was the co-host of MTV's Yo Mama. He died October 28th from suicide from, uh, by jumping off a bridge. Oh, my God. He was 40. Wow. Yeah. Corey wow. Well, musician, lead vocalist from the, uh, one of the lead vocalists, I should say, from the Three Dog Nights. Uh, he died October 20th from multiple myeloma-related complications at the age of 74. And Paul Prudhomme, celebrity chef, known for his Creole and Cajun cuisines and his onions, <laughs> he died October 8th with, uh, of an undisclosed illness, and he was 75. Wow. Yeah. That's a way of bringing yeah. his podcast down he, he a little a bit. Oh, I, I haven't finished bringing it all the way down. Uh, I did want to say that on a final note, though, um, I know we have listeners scattered all over the world, so I wanted to take a moment to pass along my condolences to the families of the 129 people killed in the six Paris, uh, the terrorist attacks on Friday the 13th, yeah. and also to uh, send my sincerest healing thoughts to the 352 people that were injured as well. I would like to join Mike in that as well. I mean, that, that was a really horrific act, and hopefully yeah, something else. The, the country can find some way to recover and, you know... Yeah. It's what a world we live in right now. Yeah, it, it was. I had no idea what was going on until I sat down later that evening with my wife, and we were going to watch Flash and Arrow, 
and our TV, our default channel is New York One. Oh, okay. And we saw that, like, what the hell's going yeah, on? Yeah, you're just sitting there like, is this right? Or is that, you know, is this a pass event we're talking about? You know, it's oh, it's just miserable. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, well, I was chaperoning a school dance, and then one of the kids shows me the picture on Instagram, and I'm like, what the hell is this? And she's like, terrorist attack. And I'm like, are you serious? Yeah. Holy mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. yeah, that was just too much. Definitely, definitely a scary world we live in. Yeah. Uh, but um, hopefully, you know, people are okay, or the listeners that are listening, that um, their families are safe and that, you know, we can, you know, move forward, hopefully. Yeah. Um, sorry to hear about that. Um, on to a brighter note. What else you got, Mike? Uh, that is it. That, wait, that's all the quick news? That was very quick news. Wow. Okay. It was a really, but I mean, you know, taking a, that horrible thing aside that we just talked about there, I mean, it was really a bad week of news for, for the entire comic book um, and, and nerd industry world. I couldn't find anything that was that interesting. Oh, man. I, 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 there was something that I, that I heard. Ralph, what are you going to say? Oh, there was like the greatest news ever that happened on Thursday, what November 12th. What was it? My birthday. That's right. Why didn't no one tell me that was your birthday? <laughs> I didn't even know it was your birthday. Yeah. Happy oh, birthday, way, way to go, everybody, including was, including Ralph for not letting me know when his birthday is. It was great. I went to my very first professional football game to go watch the Jets lose. Where were you, a practice dummy? Yeah. <laughs> Wait. I, I was actually the football. They kicked me around. <laughs> well, I know that um, um, our good friend Jay yeah. um, said um, this week we're supposed to be going out. Or no, no, I think it's two weeks or something like that. Okay, well, because I, I thought that was the Thursday that was the actual birthday, and then I, they said, "Oh no, no, it's this past Thursday." And I was at the meeting, so yeah, what the yeah, hell? So well, was, belated happy birthday. You would think that it's only three of us on the podcast. <laughs> I know all these things. <laughs> well, if you don't know, then not, you don't I know. know. Yeah, wow. I knew it was in uh, November. I just thought it was later in November. No, no, it's always before yours. Right, but if I thought flip, it was a little bit later. If you flip your numbers, right, you exactly, mine. it's the same day. But I didn't look at you being that. all like, you know, <laughs> real coy. If you I flip your numbers, you, it's mine. You, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Ralph's gonna hold that over his head for a little while. But Ralph will yeah. forget because Ralph forgets everything. <laughs> Wait, who's Ralph? <laughs> Remember that BMW I bought you for your birthday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that car. Oh, I have quick news besides the happy birthday to you, Ralph. Oh, well, let's get on with it. Oh, shut up. Um, I heard that they're um, putting a, a Nyx on Iron Fist for the um, the Marvel... I mean, has that been official? I know they've been whispering that they might do it because they're going to probably push ahead with Punisher. I heard it was Moon Knight. Uh, I, I heard Moon Knight well, also. I've heard it yeah. whispered, but the last time I heard Moon Knight um, mentioned, I was looking at an article, that was actually from months ago. So I don't know if it's still up to date. I, w- I, was, I would love to see Moon I was Knight. listening to a couple of other podcasts. I was reading the comic book news I read, and they talked about that it might be Moon Knight, might be Punisher, but they're nixing. Right. Um, um, Danny, but did you hear what they might be nixing for? Is that it, uh, they might introduce Iron Fist into the cinematic universe. Right. Which I'm kind of excited about that. I love Iron Fist as a character, so they're, I'm, they're, I'm excited. They're saying Iron Fist doesn't work as a street-level character, so... A street level mysticism character, like it doesn't work because you have Daredevil and you have Luke Cage and all these guys that are like, you know, set in reality, but they have superpowers. So what and you're that, saying is he might show up in the Doctor Strange movie? Possible. Yeah, but I mean the thing is, it's all one universe. It's not, you know, no, what no, I mean? no, like, I so know. like it's kind of weird. It's like, well, if you have Doctor Strange, then Iron Fist is, I mean, because he's not really. It's not like he's a magician. Yeah. It's just like it's kind of like Eastern mysticism philosophy is involved in his world. But like they could wait until after the Doctor Strange movie if they wanted to actually mm-hmm. really get Kunlun, uh, you know, Kunlun like really involved in like is interdimensional and it's mystical and blah blah blah. But 
either way. I mean, it's just it's so weird though that that um that they're thinking of scrapping it for Netflix or whatever, considering that most of Daredevil is about Iron Fist. <laughs> you know, yeah. like most of it, it's it, it references him so much. It's weird. It's kind of like saying, "Here's what we have coming." No, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> his company is like named in every episode, right? Yeah, I mean, pretty much it's either that or because um, even the woman I can't remember her name now, but the uh, the Asian woman. The that Fisk, uh, that Wilson Fisk was dealing with that the yeah. Kingpin was dealing uh, with. Oh um, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, the one that was from a land much further away. Yes. Da, 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 da. and her character, I forget because when we were talking about it, I actually had like all the facts then. But like basically, she is this like the mother spider or something like that, and mm-hmm. she's from um, the, the that land of Kowloon. Yeah, yeah. So it was just like yeah, even characters in there are from his world. You know, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, but that's that's what I've heard. Yeah, and I, and that was I, I thought that was gonna be the quick news, but I guess because. It was it was uncertain. You might not have put it there. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get anything that was that definite. The, All right. Yeah. The premiere of Jessica Jones is pretty soon, right? When is that? It's next it, week. Is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think it's next week. It's so weird that we consider a premiere and it's like, what's well, a premiere and all the episodes? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, well, after you watch the first one, here's the next one, here's the next one, here's the next one. Exactly. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it in a way. I just, I never in warmed a way. up. Well, I never warmed up to her as a character in the comics because she was just this suddenly made up character that we had to believe existed all this time and then like when they do that it gets convoluted like if you if they bring in a new character that's one thing and they and that when you meet her she's you know he or she is just introduced makes much more it's easier to swallow that than oh here's this character that's claiming actually met all these characters before and had minor adventures with them but we've never talked about him nor have you ever seen her and you're like uh-huh like what's his name so, uh like the wait uh, you're talking about um Oh, uh, from from Marvel, the yeah, the guy with the, uh, the Century, the Century, yeah, yeah. Well, it's all it's Marvel again. It's still Marvel, yeah. you know. It's like Century, but uh, yeah. I, I, so I'm not crazy about. It. I never warmed up to her. All right, well, even I though mean, Alias was a really good book. I mean, and and the the writers of Daredevil, I believe, are doing this series as well. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, because I mean, if that that would be sold for me, you wouldn't so, have to tell me much. Be on the lookout next Friday. So it's five days away. Ooh. Oh, oh, it's, it's opening on Friday, so yeah. it's the twentieth. Yep. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, this time my wife's not pregnant, and I'm not like falling half asleep, so it'd be great. Yeah, but yeah. now you're old. Yeah. And wow. Now you're old, and your baby's actually out, so you actually got to take care of her. <laughs> she watches things with me. She watches a lot of things with me. Oh yeah. I can imagine her first words: flash, arrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Her Get fu- out of the way of the screen. You're not made of glass. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, no, no. Move out of the way, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> And I'm glad my wife's not here. Her <laughs> to first, agree. Her first word will be fuck, and the second word will be Gotham. Fuck Gotham. <laughs> That's what I said. Fuck Gotham. God damn. <laughs> I have to start like re- reading, reeling that back in. <laughs> so, all right. Let's move on with our first half of the show. And we got JP here, man. Good to have you here, man. Hey, man. What's up? Yeah, you haven't been here since um, episode 47. Yes. I've missed you guys. Yes. Well, we definitely missed you, too. And, and on top of that... It was funny because when you told me, when I bumped into you on the train, mm-hmm. and, and you were like, oh, I'm not going to do, be doing Comic-Con this year, I thought I wasn't going to see you at all. Yeah, I got in. Uh, <laughs> well, I you made it sound horrible. Two, and uh, <laughs> last minute, yeah, I showed up. <laughs> <laughs> you, you made it sound like you snuck in, like, yeah, like espionage. I, I kind of did. I kind of did. Okay, I'm, well, I'm, I'm going to paint a picture for you listeners out there. So we're walking through Artist Alley. We're just minding our own business looking at these artists. And who do we see standing at a table but JP next to his boy? And then we go up, JP, what are you doing here? Oh, <laughs> I got in. <laughs> and then that I, is the truth. I look at the cap and I'm like, you said he wasn't going to be here. <laughs> Yeah, well, me- meanwhile, in the bag behind him, he had like this old cleaning woman outfit, you know, with, with a wig. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you got in? 
<laughs> well, that explains a bunch. Well, I didn't come in capacity of having a table. You're a little freer. Yeah. You're a little freer, which is good. Yeah. But now um, we brought you back on because um, you have a new project coming on. Um, the Sons of Fate series, you have the second mm-hmm. edition to the, to the book, yep. Sons of Fate um, Legacy. Yep. All right, so that's what we're going to talk about this first half. Um, now, I want to make sure I pronounce the names correctly because every time I say it out loud, I'm like, I don't think I'm pronouncing the, the names correctly. Go for it. <laughs> Kumal? Kamal. Kamal. Oh, okay. So I got that right. Jinjaku? Yep. Akemi? Okay, and Smith and Smith, and Smith Blake. We that's, yeah. that's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Really, uh, you were having trouble with Smith. Stop! <laughs> stop. stop it! Stop it! Stop Was it! it. Blake, you know, Blackie. It's the Puerto Rican in him. Just miss that. Wow. So the Dominican is telling the Puerto Rican how to speak English, right? Polo shirt. Listen, Papi. Listen, Papi. Our English is a lot better than yours. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Go to a cab and ask them, ask them to speak English. I don't know where you go. You know, I don't know. That's what I know. <laughs> what? All right. So, um, JP, the, the question I wanted to ask you right off the bat, this book, the second book, is definitely bigger than the first book. It is. Seems like it took a lot more. And we've talked about this before, that the first book kind of gave you a you know, wet the palate a little bit about that universe you were setting up right. and who were these characters and who were the main players. Um, how was creating the second book different than the first? Obviously that it took more time, but how was it different? It was the execution of the first book. So I explained, I kind of hinted at where he was going in the first book, how it was going to end up in a foreshadowing kind of way. And the second book I got to, you got to read and see the exploration of that relationship or those relationship he Right. Is introduced to from being introduced to Bushido and keeping the promise and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, did when you when you wrote the story, because I know that people talk about um, I'm going to compare it to George Lucas, how they write an entire the entire um, three you know stories and then kind of flesh it out a little bit more. Did you have it that fleshed out when you had yeah. the whole thing set up? Yeah. So I wrote, for, I wrote the whole thing. out. So you wrote the whole thing out. You said, OK, here's what's going to happen in each chapter. Mm-hmm. Or it wasn't even on an outline. I was like, no, this is going to happen. This is yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Wow. Even the last one's already done. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> and what happens is uh, um, I go in and add nuance to it here and there. But it's, right. it's literally written now. All right. right. I saw the book. I was like, wow, this is longer than the first one. It is. Yeah. It is. And, and, the, and the, la- the next one's going to be bigger than that. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, let me get a guesstimate. How many pages? I don't know. I don't know how many pages. Chapters, I'm going to say Seven. Okay. Seven. Wow. Okay. Because I mean, it's, it's a great story. I mean, that's the thing. It's it's yeah. it's you could tell that there was. It's not like oh, I'm just kind of winging it, you know, chapter by chapter, and then suddenly there's a magician, and then cure <laughs> 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 aliens. Is, is there a magician? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I forgot what the purpose of my story was. <laughs> You know, I mean, so when is, when are the zombies going to attack in the story? That's all I want to know. I I feel like I've been waiting long enough. Is is it is it most of the third chapter? It's going to be the DVD extras, <laughs> <laughs> the Blu-ray extras, I should say. Um, what I was going to ask you was, um, when you were creating this second chapter, when you started putting this stuff together, what was the creative process? Did you like sit in the room and say, okay, by myself, just watch? It. I know you don't have El Ray Network, but like I watch don't. something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but so you mentioned the one network he doesn't that have. <laughs> Because I'm that host. <laughs> Damn you, Caleb. Right. You're twisting that knife in there, man. That's not he, cool. He could have been like you were at home watching ABC, CBS, NBC. The network says you assume someone has. No, okay, no, what I'm saying is that did you have any things 
around you that were that directly influenced your work or did you have just like music on because i always wonder as an artist and a writer how did you work you know on getting that stuff done what did you do to kind of get the juices flowing yeah you, you get all this artwork though. going is it like you know bruce Lee, uh, bruce lee's skull on your desk or something like that <laughs> well I damn mean, at least brandon lee <laughs> he's not he's not far off no. <laughs> and now you know oh, why <laughs> he has the skulls you, of his enemies <laughs> do you mean the writing or the art either I two I, different stories all right so um the writing when i thought of the idea and I had to flush it out I had a lot of reference and research to do so the first avenue of that was the historical accuracy so that was books and stuff then it was the artistic style and then the uh culture and that was movies and uh, it was more movies because it was visual i can see and look at and say this is the time period for where i was doing and what the swords look like and what the you know the kimonos look like what the trees look like what everything looked like from that was a visual standpoint movies basically covered that some internet here and there um when um, I was drawing the book, though, however, being I had all of that set up, I would use it as references needed. But um, when I wrote the second, when I was, no, I'm sorry, when I was drawing the second book, I listened to um, a lot of the Book of the Five Rings. I have really? I have that book on audio tape and I ran it through. Oh, wow. And I was telling myself by the end of the series, I wanted to have it memorized. I would just listen to it and then work from that. Wow. Ooh, holy God. And here I was thinking you were going to play some Def Leppard, but okay. <laughs> so, sometimes it was, it, it depended on the mood I was in too. So, ah. it, you know, if it was, if I was up late and, you know, or, or you know what, the mood set, what was happening in the book. So the action scenes, I would like crank music. Okay. And then. Yeah, his neighbors the, are like, we're tired of hearing Shake It Up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, somebody said this to me earlier too in um, a review that I did. And he asked me if I had music in mind when I did it. And uh, when I, when I did the, when I was writing it, and when I was drawing it, I had a lot of ideas of what it would sound like if it was an actual movie. Plug, plug. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and you, it was and, funny. There's a question I have about a movie about a movie sequence about okay. that. So it's funny you say that. So it was. It, it be. It, I was imagining what I would use or how it would be implemented in a visual style with sound behind it. What kind of the sound it would be. Right. And a lot of times I would play the music I think would work. Oh, okay. So wow. it's a lot of old Japanese orchestral take that's, drums and, and stuff like that. And that's kind of what I thought because yeah. I know some artists would say, well, what I'm drawing, I don't have anything that does, has anything to do with what I'm drawing, you know, any kind of outside influence that I'll have like maybe some rock music when I'm dealing with a, a different period piece yeah. just so I can kind of like, you know, I, that's just how I work. Yeah. So I was curious because of the period piece and because it's dealing with Japanese culture. Yeah. You know, would you, you yeah. know, say, okay, I'm going to play some of that music just to kind of set the tone yeah. for me but at the house. I, I listen to that stuff anyway, so. I got like a kakamono on and stuff like that. I, was gonna say, yeah. I, got, I got like a Hokage room. He's got a fucking, he's got a fucking katana brush. <laughs> I, I literally do have like bamboo brushes and stuff like that. I, yeah. So, so you're saying if like if we show up at your house and announce you're going to be in a kimono practicing your Bushido stances? If you knock on the door in my house, if you knock on the door at my house and I open the door, I literally have on, I literally have a white robe that is a kimono that I got from Japan that I walk around with like a house coat. Literally. <laughs> and I always told my kid when he was little, I was like, you got to get me a Hokage robe. And he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And I, and like, you know, guys, no, I got to go out there. And I was like, well, 
I got to get one. So I'm literally walking around. I got little cups of tea. And people are like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> he answers his cell phone. I'm, goes, hi. I'm kind of that actor who delves into the role. He becomes that person. But I do that anyway. So because I like the culture so much. Right. And I have a lot of the little things that, you know. I, I caught your little nod to Naruto when you with the exchange of. Did you? Yeah. He yeah. pointed out and I was like, oh, shit. I yes, didn't realize yes, that. Yes. Yes. That was a. I, that is that is for the anime fans. I have other a little a little winks and nods. Yeah, yeah, little Mugen's in it. If you guys look close, Mugen's in actually in the yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah now, a, and that's just from the love of anime, right? The anime that I really enjoy. It's not even just anime. It's just there's a lot of things I like. I put into that book, and it's not really for anybody else. If you see it, yeah, you're good. If you don't, <laughs> you know, I do it, and I kind of like. Hmm, yeah, I well, I got suspicious because chapter ten was entitled "Yeah." <laughs> I'm like, I think that's Dragon Ball Z. I mean, <laughs> so, so let me ask you this: for 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 um, a, for a newer listener, a first time listener, and they want to get into this book, what would be the elevator pitch for you to say, okay, here's what my book's about, um, or this particular this particular chapter? Basically, Volume. it's the culmination of a promise made and the consequences of that promise without realizing that there is consequences to things dealing with situations that you may not be accustomed or ready for that have repercussions that could change your ideal, your way of thinking about what your promise was and what it meant to and if you should have done it in the first place. And somehow, and sometimes, it, doing the thing that you promised to do for the good reason turns out for the worst. Yeah, okay. That's def- definitely a good way of putting it. Not wow. to spoil anything. <laughs> no, no, no. And, 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 that's I'm tr- and I'm trying not to spoil it because I'm like, I'm so used to talking about the book in depth, but I want people to read this book. Right, of course. Um, but it's like... I, there's so many things I want to ask. So I'm which which to... brings to the next part. When is this book out to the general public? I mean, I'm not saying like we have signed copies with numbers on them, like you know, <laughs> we're special. <laughs> we do, and the rest you, of you can just shit and, and no, like you it. guys. Got, <laughs> you guys got the first hundred prints. The first hundred prints is called the Lucky One Hundred. If you Aren't look you back, I saw that. It is Aren't numbered. You it is. So it is for anybody who has, I have some copies left. If you want to go order the blackberryjuice.net, go go do do it. You'll get the Lucky One Hundred until they run out. Right. And I'm sorry. What was that? Uh, where again? Blackberryjuice.net. Blackberryjuice.net. Yep. Okay. But once that one hundred runs out, that's it. I was gonna. I was gonna say something like, "Oh, the Lucky One hundred and then I realized if I say this wrong, I'll be in trouble. So I'm gonna let Ralph repeat it. Ralph, repeat what I say, okay? Okay. I want you to see the name Phoenix. Phoenix. I'll let you touch it. (laughs) 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 All jokes aside, there's a good friend of mine who I told you about. She she does a MMA podcast. I want to get her on the show soon. And I talked about your book and how it, because she's a big Wu-Tang fan. She's into, you know, martial arts, MMA, all that stuff. And she's into comic books. And Mm -hmm. I said, my boy JP's got the perfect book for you. So I'm going to tell her to listen to this. So Phoenix, I'll let you touch it. the book. The book. Because <laughs> she's pretty kick-ass, too, so I don't want to get you in trouble either. All right, sweet. Let me, let me ask you guys this. Sure. Were you okay? I, I was trying to craft a story where you might have been a little upset at the end. Actually, And I, you kind of hang... You want to know what's going to happen next. And I wanted to do that because I wanted it to be about story first. Like, right. I, this, like this part of the book, for me, was the most emotional when I was writing it. Because they're my characters, and not to spoil anything, I'm not going to say anything. But you know, I it's learned, very I learned Game to care of Thrones. About, I learned to care about them, and <laughs> things happen, and it was hard to go. Mm, ah, mm, mm. Right, and there then, was some directions, yeah. And then, and, and then, where we get off, where the second book concludes, is kind of like, okay, so what happens? I have a lot of people who read the book and goes, and they say, 
So, um, what happens next? <laughs> <laughs> you kind of just left us on a cliff. Yeah. Like, and. But it's a good cliff. Yeah. Thank you. I was right. hoping that for me, it's yeah. a great cliff it's for me. Cliff. Oh, yeah, definitely. But I, I don't know from other people because, you know, I, I wanted to craft a story where I wanted, I wanted the person going through the journey to go through a journey. Yeah. Okay. Not not the oh I did something and I promised something I got through and everything worked out. Obviously things did not work out or things yeah, are right. not, oh, not at working all. out to at least how it how it perceives. And in the third book, what happens is you get a the last piece to what actually is going on is lessons learned in the three chapters of the book. Uh-huh. The last piece falls into place, which is set up in the second book. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> the journey, I won't even say becomes complete. But the idea of what has to be done or the learning, basically, the, 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 the templates of where you go from there are going to be placed. All right. Nice. Okay. Um, I'll say this. I am, I, like I said, I'm really trying not to give too much away. Um, the characters went in certain directions that I didn't expect them to go. Mm-hmm. Like younger, not younger, but um, younger Lord Jinjaku, because we meet his father in the first book. Yeah. Um, and we we meet the, we meet him in the in the first book also, but right. now we see him as an, a man with, with with a wife, and you know mm-hmm. he's got he's really really established with a child who's died apparently. Right? Yeah, yeah. So with, with his relationship with Kamo, I thought what you established in the book took, went a totally different direction than I thought it would went. Right. Because when I read the first book, I thought it was going to go in one direction, mm-hmm. and then when I read this book, what I was. Not well, I'll say I'll say in I'll, I'm not giving too much away, but I um in the first book I thought it would be more adversarial. Okay. When they met. Okay. You know, when, when, because I don't, I didn't know how it was going to unfold on how he was going to come to mm-hmm. Japan and right. you know like how was that meeting going to happen right. and you know was it going to be about something being stolen or mm-hmm. you know something that he says that's my dad's what are you doing with it right. that whole thing right. I, I didn't know if it was going to go there or if it was going to go somewhere else you went a totally different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, what what inspired you to go that direction? I wanted it to be. A family lineage, almost an adopted son kind of thing. Yeah. So when he comes in and the revelation comes out, the way he reveals himself would be so off the wall, as you, I don't want to say, but you see how he introduces him and he's like, what, how do you? And he said, because, and he hits him with the truth where he can't, and then goes, by the way, where it's something that can't be argued with. Right. The man that Jinjaku is or Omo is, he actually goes, well, he has to make the snap decision. He has to make the quick read and goes, well, being the events that happened leading up to the way I feel about things that me and Akemi just talked about. And then this revelation here all adds up and right. it only makes sense to go this way. And I, and I like that, that decision you made because if you would have went the way I thought it was going to go, not that it wouldn't have been good, but it, it might have been con- contrived Okay, because a lot of people go for that. Two people, two separate worlds. They meet together, then they fight, yeah. then they become friends. You yeah. know, like yes. people do right. that all the time. Yeah. They do that in, in superhero, you know, comic books where Batman first beats Superman. First they fight, then they're friends. Right. You know, you didn't have to go there with that, and you you, you chose a different direction, which I liked. Yeah. Well, it's also, I mean, it's not usually how people meet. Like, like, yeah. like, like you know, like when I first met JP, I didn't just go like, all right, we're throwing down. <laughs> you know? I could be the only black friend of this group. <laughs> like, that's just not what happens. I mean, I mean and, and the thing is, I mean, I, and I like that that's not what you did because that is just so, it's so trite. It's so yeah. boring because it's, I mean, let's put it this way. Think about it. And it's not even now. I'm, I'd say like in the last 15 years, the comic books themselves, the writers thinking that they're being clever, right? Oh, we're meeting for the first time. Do we have to fight now? 
because it's it's so cliche. Yeah. And yes. and then what kills me is they do. <laughs> anyhow, fight, you know. Yeah. Um that it's just like this is not fun. This is not real anyhow. You yeah. Know, so And that's and that's what I like because you expected it to go that way. And the fact that it went another way, you're thinking, okay, well then well then now what? Well yeah. then now what's gonna happen? Because I thought that fight was gonna happen. Maybe that fight didn't happen, but another fight happened. So. Well well what happens is to give a little sneak preview. Okay, please. And it kind of goes into what the what what the uh the ideals of the house are. So as it ends, you see that the events are going to be what what our you know protagonist is going to do is going to be in honor of the events of the house like it right. was the events of his master. Right. Okay. So the next book will be uh, the conversation of the ghost of the house or the legacy of the house and it almost becomes a legend. Interesting. In, in modern All times, right, yeah. almost a, a living legend of I've heard you know the legacy of the house is doing this or I heard legacy house is doing yeah. that. Right. Um, I was going to ask you because I was reading, you know, this this one, and you know, it's it centered around Jinjaku and his his family and his house and mm-hmm. what he's dealing with Japan and right. with and with the the Brits. Love those fucking nasty ass <laughs> Brits <laughs> coming in to you know mm-hmm. to to start trade with with Japan. When you were writing Jinjaku and drawing him, who um who inspired you? Who kind of like said, well, that's who I kind of see Jinjaku as, even if um, it's not a Japanese person. That's tough. It's it's a combination of a lot of people because okay. he's to Kamal, he's a mentor like his father. He's kind of like a dad, but he's like kind of like a brother because it's the second passing of the father's like, knowledge, yeah, right. yeah, of the father's knowledge. And um, so I also, as you know, he is a tortured soul. He has some scars. He he's he's wiser from it. He's actually made decisions and decided to go away. That's not in line with everybody else. And those tropes come from a couple of places. So yeah, I could go Yoda. (laughs) I can say a lot of things, but yes and no. I kind of wanted him to have his own identity, where he is very complex and at the same time very simple. Yeah, he has a, a lot of things about this dude, but at the end of the day, boils down to one sentence. Right, you know, and and his wife and the house that they have is that ideal that lines up with his father's ideal was lines up with his new mentors. Yeah. Minty's ideal. By the way, his wife was pretty badass. Oh yes. (laughs) Yes. So not to give away a lot of the spoilers (laughs) for the end, but when Nick Fury inducts him into the Avengers, (laughs) was that something you planned on or (laughs) Uh, Sam Jackson walking up? (laughs) And for no reason. (laughs) The um, world got a lot bigger. <laughs> just don't know it. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I don't know who I hated more in that book. If it was Smith Blake or if it was um, the the assistant to the Shogun. Yeah. yeah. About that. Yeah. <laughs> what, was, what, was, what did you say his name? Uh, Nagasaki. Nagasaki. That's right. Yeah. He's a. Uh, it's it's a play on the two. It's, it's a play of the of the personality in two different ways. Yeah. My my favorite. I literally. I have a favorite part. I'm not supposed to. I have a favorite part in that whole story. There is other moments that are on this level, but it was the first one. And I, not to pat myself on the back, not to Donald Trump the situation, but I loved it. Was the uh, you're going to insult not, Mexicans right now? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm the not, closest not, not on that Mexican. level. Not on that level. Was the the stone in the water? Yeah, uh, we were just water. talking about that. Yeah. Can, can you say the whole thing for them? Just um, so, do you know it? I mean, I I don't know it. Hand, you know, hand, but basically, uh, 
they're plotting to start taking over the shogunate. Smith Blake and Nagasaki and um, Smith Blake asks him, you know, you're the highest, you're the second highest in the shogunate. Why even try to turn on your shogun? And he picks up, uh, Nagasaki picks up a stone and he goes, you see this rock? He throws it in the water and he says uh, something to the likes of, um, this stone by itself does nothing, but when teamed with other rocks, it, it, you know, it, it starts to flow, it stops the flow of the water and, and Smith Blake goes, oh, right, because I do these voices in my head. So it's like, <laughs> oh, I understand. This is, uh, oh, so, this, you know, you're the rocks and with your allies, you and the Shogun. He goes, no, I'm the water. And the Shogun is the rocks. He's only strong with other Shogun and the water always finds a way. You know, and I kind of wrote that, that. And I was kind of like, huh. That. Did I do like shrooms before I wrote this? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're doing voices in your, in your apartment, <laughs> some maybe kind of, <laughs> some kind of hallucinogen. So Jamie forgot to mention the 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 the, the United Kingdom flag. He throws on his shoulder when he does some of voice. <laughs> he, call him when he's doing that. What cheerio? <laughs> but but even towards the end, when he's Nagasaki's talking to the Shogun, and he goes, "What do you think?" And then there's the, f- the little pan, and he goes, "I believe in the Shogun." But the picture is the rocks in the water. Yeah. is a metaphor of that. And I was just like, that's a good job. <laughs> that's a good job. I, it, it was really well done. It was, um, was there a certain character that you enjoyed drawing the most? You haven't met him yet. Ooh. Oh. And mind you, I have not talked to JP before the show. <laughs> <laughs> I just ask good questions. <laughs> there is a, the, the culmination of what goes on okay. in all terms of what things mean there's a character that kind of represents all of that. You've met him, but you haven't met him. Okay. Let's just say that. Okay. All right, you know? cool. All right. All right. So, and there's other people to hate. Oh, oh boy. Okay. There's, there's, other, oh, there's, there's more people to hate. Oh, okay. oh boy, there's good. other people to hate. Okay. <laughs> we like that. We like, we like hating people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no, who says what? that? <laughs> you like hating people? <laughs> Not me particularly. No. <laughs> um, I have a question that has nothing to do with the story per se. Um, the coloring of the book. Mm-hmm. Now, it looks like you, you keep a very limited palette. Uh, is there a reason like what made you choose the colors you chose and you know why don't you you know go outside of it and also it seems like there are blocks of times where the palette is of a particular range mm-hmm. and then you jump into a, a different set yep. and stay there like is there a reason that you mood. choose okay so that's mood. for the mood actually it's a couple things it's it's over I wanted to and hopefully I've done it I, I really do because that's the what I'm trying to do with the ideology of the book is set up things that every time you read it because I want you to read it more than once. I, I want you to read the third one, then the first one, then the second one. And when you do that, you find levels of where it works. I want you to see what I was trying to accomplish, which is the overall mood in certain things. So in terms of the color, a lot of this book is about um, fulfilling a promise. Okay. It's about uh, the new, as the first chapter is, the new sun rises, you know, a new sun rises. And if you look at the book, a lot of it's shiny. Right. It's yeah, very, I did notice that. It's very, you know, sunshine bars going through. J.J. Abrams was, uh, that, I, I, <laughs> was I, directing I, you on the art. I, I definitely, there are a couple solar flares in there. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> or sun flares, rather. But, uh, you know, it definitely, I wanted to portray the mood that it's a, a dawn of a new day. Right, okay. Right. Even the word legacy, the legacy is more than just Kamal, uh completing the promise it's also the legacy of the house it's also the legacy that uh daiki started when he left in terms of what happened with the english now coming in so the legacy the word legacy and that means more than one thing right. you know i i kind of mentioned That's it a couple times in the right. book and every time i mention it it's something else that is totally opposite of what the other person said before right 
Okay. You know, but so. so it was a very conscious effort to make sure that it, it meant m- it multiple things, yeah. but the theme, yeah. but the, but yeah. the ongoing theme is the, yeah. an idea of legacy. Yeah, color right. and all. Even even is the color wise is still, it's moody. To, well, mm-hmm. I wanted to portray a moody kind of. And you go outside and it's 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 hazy, but right. sun kind of breaks through. Right. So you're like, well, maybe there's going to be a good day, or maybe right. it's going to rain. There are moments in the book that I really wanted to do that okay. because it kind of matches what they're talking about. Right. No, I, so. and I definitely see that. It's, it's interesting. In between the, the first and second book, it, you know, I mean, everybody perceives things differently, even if I, so I don't know if this was your intent or if it's just an added bonus, or at least it works this way for me. With the colors that you chose and the way you apply the colors, it, it hits me like, because I mean, this is a, it's, it's a, a story that has, it's, it's based on a lot of fact. Right. Right. You know, this is not just a made up story. This is based on a lot of actual history that right. occurred with the, the trade that was going on with Japan and stuff like that. So that since I know that it, it almost feels like when I'm reading it, it, it hits me like a memory that I don't remember. So like it, it has a very like reminiscent dreamlike quality to mm-hmm. it. So, and I, and I like that because it, it feels like, it's just like you know I should know this story but somehow this is the first time I've ever heard this story right. and, and I like that and again I don't know if that was an effect that you wanted but at least with me it's an effect that, that happens so that when I'm reading it, 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 it it's, it's a deeper hit when right. it hits wow. me you know because it feels like, like oh I should know this already but I don't you well know? It's, it's the lost chapter of actual history right. so when I wrote it I wanted it to be something that was familiar yet strangely different right. or something you haven't really read before so you can kind of go yeah well that I think that kind of yeah that did happen but right. these are the circumstance the circumstances of how they happen I don't know right. that's basically the underlying exactly. story the lost chapter yeah but no because I, I always I always love the now and also too that I've seen like you know um, some of your other examples when you've worked with other people doing artwork now do you like uh, change because you know it's definitely a little bit it seems like a little bit different style here mm-hmm. um, is that something that you wanted to do or do you get more restrained in your style when you're drawing for other people yeah or, or was this a very particular style you wanted only for this no, book no this is control okay. it's pure control okay. so the like if you the beginning of the second chapter where you know the rebels are looking at the fire mm-hmm. it's very bright even though it's nighttime and it's fire and it's all, I, there, there are all kind of hot colors in that in the, in the essence that what they're doing is a rebirth too, or what they're trying to bring about is a rebirth. Okay. So kind of like uh, 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 Omo going to the Shogunate, the colors are muted because it's kind of a haze that's over the Shogunate in the okay. idea of what's going on. There's right. something right. ominous going right. on. Right. Okay. You know, and I was very, I tried to be very conscious, conscious of the fact that when I did the colorings, I think it's just as important as the art, as the art is mm-hmm. as important as the story and right. so on and so forth, that they all kind of gave a piece to the overall picture of what I was trying to portray. I got a question. So um, I'm not that big of a history buff in uh, Japanese history. Mm-hmm. So uh, did was uh, on a, during the Shogun's rule, was it always like where he had a console of people <laughs> that he discussed the whole country with like that, where it was like, it seemed democratic, but you still have that. Yeah, the, the fiefdom breakdown, yeah. the shoguns, and the samurai were in charge, and they had lands, and the lands were occupied by people. Yeah, oh, you yeah. evidently don't watch the LRA Network enough to catch all the karate <laughs> movies. Another that one would have answered this question. I live in the Bronx. Yeah, doesn't work there. No LRA's LRA afraid me. to to go to the Bronx. <laughs> Listen, damn! I, I petitioned my congressman for LRA, and they're like, they said they wrote me back a letter. Not my problem. Move to Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know. They wrote you back. Please stop bothering me. <laughs> and and wh- while you're at it, get ready to double your rent. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It's like, huh. um, have you ever thought about bringing this to um, television movie form? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Listen, All right. Now, besides thinking about it, have you actually reached out for this? Um, I want to get the whole thing done first. Oh, that makes sense. I want to finish the whole thing because the third book isn't going to be a continuation of what you might think, like you might have thought how it went in the first book. Right. There is going to be a twist. There are people I had not introduced yet okay. that are very important to the story. Okay. There's villains I haven't introduced yet. Okay. In, in, in full-fledgedness. I was going to say that. Is that You've introduced but not as a villain. <laughs> now, right. I, I've hinted at a lot of things that come to light in that third book. That's why the third book's bigger than the first. Okay. It's kind of the... This was kind of the setting up... This was kind of the story part of the book. Right. Not to say that the last part's going to be action, but it's going to be the culmination of that. I was going to say the third one seems like it's going to be more a lot bloodier. Not that this one wasn't bloody, but... Yeah, this one... The, the third book is going to be the consequences, the the actual reaction, the action to the consequences of what happened. <laughs> okay. The first one was the setup. This, this one right. is the... Were, were the, 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 the lines that were drawn in sand. Okay. And the next one's going to be going to shit his defense, so to speak. Right. Okay. You know, if... Uh, if you, if you ever think about it, this would actually be like a pretty cool uh, web series where actually like filmed. Yeah. Like, like live action. Mm-hmm. It would seem pretty cool. When I was reading it, like I was seeing it in my head uh, as that. I'm like, oh. Nice. Yeah, I, I definitely. I'll slip you my resume later. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm definitely open yeah. to doing some kind of film version of this. I like I, I when I do the trailers, I think about like a trailer in the movies. I wow. literally I literally have a mapped out trailer. For like, if somebody wanted to do a movie and they had live actors, I mean, music-wise and everything else, on how it would be. So, oh. yeah. But now you said that you've written it out. Have you also? Did you already have the third book drawn, or are you still in the process of that? I'm I'm in the process of finishing the third book. Oh wow! So, so that's character nice. designs, okay. everything out there done. Everything. Oh, I remember you took a, dig, a break between one and two. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm, well, there is a break between this two, but the second book is going to be in the summer and um, gives me a little more time and. Um, there is a web series I'm about to launch. I haven't done a web series yet because I didn't want, I wanted the gap to be not between the first one, which was fishing on my father, which was uh, Daiki with his, with his father, the fisherman. There was a gap between when that story ended and the pickup of the second book. Well, this one, I wanted it to be continuous. So when the series ends, the web series ends, it picks up right into the third book and the third book. Well, the, I'm sorry. The web series is called, um, my deadly beloved. And it's about, um, Omo and Akemi when they were young. Oh, oh, okay, good. Okay. No, because I was, I was, I was hoping that there would be a filling of the yeah, blanks of that. There's a, there's because a, I'm like, okay, you know, I, I see, I see, kind of Lord Harry Jacko, now, Sally, yeah, with swords, with swords, <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully not Meg Ryan. <laughs> what ever happened to Meg Ryan? Did she, did she die? Like I kill every, everybody that I haven't seen in years? No, 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 no. She went full. She just got, and that was it. Oh, she just, <laughs> she just became an old woman, and no one cared anymore. <laughs> well, now, okay, now I, I know when we had you on um, talking about uh, Sons of Faith. The first time you know i i mentioned this i didn't notice this happening in the second book so now that i know you're still in the process of drawing a third one i i i haven't seen where the three wise it looks like podcasters but they just happen to resemble <laughs> the three wise podcasters you know like, are, like i'm assuming they're like basically the heroes of the book I, I'm, I'm assuming that they get everything to work out well at the end of this, this, this book well maybe you know maybe uh through through some kind of uh 
movie magic. Uh, we can, <laughs> there'll be a little, there'll be a little hint of you know those three podcasters. You know, you know the thing in is, the book. you know, the you can have is, like a painting on the wall. Well, and they, and they, <laughs> cool guys, yeah. there. or even more subtle, have them throw another rock in the water and an M twenty two show up out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, just it's, the, the, the ripples, ripples. <laughs> the ripples. <laughs> no, I mean, the three dead is, dudes with headphones. <laughs> <laughs> You're walking over their bodies. <laughs> now, the thing is, though, it, it's true that the, the two, you know, Latinas may not survive the oncoming war, but I'm sure that my people from Africa <laughs> will be there to defend me. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're just a, hump, a jump, hop, and skip away. Right? Exactly. <laughs> now the Africans are his people. <laughs> Right. For a moment, I thought he was auditioning for uh, Smith Blake. (laughs) (laughs) So this book um, is going to be very available soon, and then you said the third book will be available in the summertime. Yes. Oh, the 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 second book is available now. It's available now. Now, where I mean, besides you said BlackberryNet, Blackberry Juice, Juice. BlackberryJuice.net. The juice is important. I'm going to start there and then expand. It's uh, I'm going to put comicology, comicology. It's going to be in retail stores and stuff like that. Okay, cool, great. We're going 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 to go bookstores and stuff like that also. Good. Yes, I think it definitely belongs in a bookstore. Oh, hundred percent. Um, <clears throat> I was gonna say there's one more question. I got Go a question. Go so, ahead. uh, what's the time frame between the books? So, like, uh, after the first book and the second book, how much time? Ten has years. Passed? Ten years. Mm-hmm. And then between the third and the second, uh, about two to three. Okay. okay. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually going to ask that earlier, and then I forgot. <laughs> so I'm like, how long has it been since the? Uh... Yeah. Okay. Ten years. Wow. Ten years. One last question before we wrap. Um, the poster at the end of the second, um, of the second book. Mm-hmm. Do you have that available? Like, because one thing you did was for the first one, you made a major push, and you get, and you did Sons of Fate in different versions, in very fun versions. Right. I feel like you don't even got to do all that, but that last poster at huh. the end, I yeah. was like, I wonder if he's got that as like a standalone image. That would be incredible. Here, here's so my that answer. Is Here's my answer. Yes. Ah, and, it, and, it is yes. Because, and it is because you just said it. That, <laughs> absolutely. That, absolutely. I, when I saw that image at the end, I was like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was very impressed by that. All right. So please check out John Paul DeShong's new book, Sons of Fate Legacy. Um, Be be sure to look at it on blackberryjuice.net. I said that right? Mm -hmm. And hopefully be in bookstore soon. And Comixology. Yeah. And um, we'll be back more. Meanwhile, 22 pages later, after I get some tea for this cough, because I keep coughing on Ralph. (laughs) Goddamn. (laughs) So you've watched Daredevil twice. Sure, you're going to pass judgment, Mr. I Love Barbed Wire. Hey, Grumpy Oldman, we're recording a commercial here. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're just mad because we're not talking about your all-time favorite movie, Tomcats. Isn't that only watched by 12-year-old girls? Ralph is a 12-year-old girl. Have you not seen him? Hey, that's a good movie. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Hey, guys, this is The Cap here with Mike the Finance Guy and Ralph the Tech inviting you to join the conversation from the show. We know you love Doctor Who, superheroes and their villains, gaming and TV and movie watching, but you need some very honest reviews from some very funny guys. So why don't you join in the conversation? Check out our Facebook page where you can like it and even leave a comment. And if you want to share it with your friends, our podcast is located on iTunes and also on SoundCloud. Because you hear what they say, great comic book debates are better in numbers. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Now, let's suavely walk out of our Aston Martins, unbutton our single-breasted sports jackets, and lean at the bar and order a vodka martini, shaken, not stern. Or in my case, a glass of, a glass of Johnny Walker Blue. Or in Ralph's case, a uh, uh, dragonberry and juice. 
or in Mike's case, a Perrier with a twist of lemon rinds, or in JP's case, a cold sake with a chopstick full of the blood of the stabbed enemy he had. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for us to talk about the newest Bond movie, Spectre, and with the synopsis is Finance Guy, Mike. The finance guy. I'm still upset that I didn't get to do a synopsis of the book. What? <laughs> Just because the Arthur's here, he gets to talk about the book? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll put that in editing. <laughs> anyway, Spectre is the 24th film in the James Bond franchise and the fourth film starring Daniel Craig in the lead role. Spectre exceeds its predecessor, Skyfall, in runtime and budget, yet fails to garner as much critical praise. Rotten Tomatoes, for instance, gives it a 63% versus 93% for Skyfall, Metacritic 60 versus 81 for Skyfall. Sam Mendes returns as director along with writers John Logan, Neil Purvis, and Robert Wade. Daniel Craig has been singing his swan song for the franchise since his first outing as 007 in Casino Royale, but has since changed his tune with the release of this project. Now, speculation runs that his paycheck as the spy with a license to kill might be a contributing factor for this desire to retain the role. Currently, Craig is the highest paid Bond ever, even taking inflation into account. Wow. For this movie, $24 million for acting. Six million for endorsements and thirty more million if the movie stays its box office course. Wow! Yeah, yeah. I'd re- I'd do that role again too. <laughs> All right, synopsis: Opening in Mexico City and turning the Day of the Dead celebration to Day of the More Dead than Usual, James <laughs> Bond goes through hell and high helicopter to stop a man from blowing up a stadium just to sleep with the man's widow, aka the oldest woman Bond has ever slept with, and loved her every second of it. Keep going, <laughs> but faster than you can say. Hey, isn't that guy Moriarty from Sherlock? Bond is indefinitely suspended from active duty by a man known as C. Now, that's the letter C, not the Spanish word for yes. The Mexican storyline is over now. (laughs) Not one to sit on his well-toned laurels, 007 is soon racing across the globe by train, plane, and automobile to stop the evil plans of a master criminal that loves hairy white pussy. (laughs) <laughs> assisted by the by, by what must be the great 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 grandson of the guy that built the Death Star and with more convenient plot twists than Batman 66 could spay, uh, spray bat shark repellent at this Batman I'm sorry this Bond makes capturing the bad guys look easier than ever now we're starring Daniel Craig as, as James Bond Christoph Waltz as Ernst Stavro Blofeld and Franz Oberhausen Leia Sido as Madeline Swan, Ben Wishaw as Q Naomi Harris as Money Penny. Dave Bautista as Mr. Hinks, Andrew Scott as Max Denby, uh, Ray Fonz as uh, M, Rory Kinnear as Bill Tanner, Jesper Christensen as Mr. White, Alessandro Cremona as Marcos Guerra, Monica Bellucci as Lucia Guerra, and Judy Dench as the former M. And before I get into that, does anyone know what these people's names are? Do you know what M's name is? The no. person, uh, well, the guy. His name is actually Gal- Gareth Mallory. Yeah. And Judy Dench's M was Olivia Mansfield. Really? Yeah, I was like, I'm like, wow, I didn't, know, I never knew their names. My name is M. Yeah, exactly. Well, first thing, um, let's press the button before we even begin. Make sure you have the volume up on that so we can hear it. Volume. Tick, 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 tick. There we go. Okay. What the fuck was that? Warning: This segment may contain spoilers, so leave Ralph alone. And no, we're not going to talk about how we need to change that. Yeah, well, <laughs> at home I have something with a Kevin voice, and it just says, "Fucking Ralph's going to fuck it up anyway," so. <laughs> You know what you're getting into. <laughs> so that's what that's what the next spoiler voice will be. Am I known as the spoiler? Yes. Dude, really? 
What? I mean, I've always thought... Uh, You're not allowed in the meek section because it goes bad. <laughs> <laughs> I've always seen myself as a liberator of information. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, thanks, Snow. We, we call that gossip bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Snowden on our show. <laughs> Eric Snowden. <laughs> All right, so Spectre. First question I'm going to say off the, gate, off the bat. These Daniel Craig movies, they've always, or at least from the way I've always understood the Daniel Craig movies, they've always had this tone of... Um, to be a little bit more of an earnest James Bond, mm-hmm. not such a superhero-y, campy kind of um, Bond. It's a little bit more like set in real life, and he resolves things a little bit more um, true to life. Right. And, but with this Bond, it felt a little different. Not slapsticky or anything, but just felt, like you said in your synopsis, Mike, very convenient. And, yeah. Uh, um, did that bother you? Did it bother anybody because of that? We're starting in that direction first? Yes, we are. Wow, that's an interesting way to start. <laughs> um, yes, it bothered me a lot. <laughs> there, was, it was, there, was, there was too much convenience. There was too much like, ah, and luckily this just happens to be here for your convenience, Mr. Bond. You know. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, JP? Um, I find myself uh, wanting to like it more than liking it. I like mm, Mendez. Mm-hmm. I'm a big Daniel Craig fan, and like the James Bond movies. I've always have. Okay. Um, I grew up in the Roger Moore era, and I, you know, I, I, I didn't well. know Sean Connery was Bond until I was well into almost a teenager. But Damn. um, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I I liked it, but kind of like why I liked Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull because it was Indiana Jones, not because it was. A no, I I, did, I didn't, I didn't the, even get behind and, that, and not even not even not to say that I liked it. But it was like, oh, it's indie, being indie. Yeah, I, I couldn't even get in that sense with indie. But I, I know what you're saying. But I couldn't. <laughs> I, that movie was just so bad. But I do it was, agree. It was, yeah, it was. But yeah, I do agree with you um, with what you're saying. Like, I I wanted to like it more than I actually liked it. Yep. Um, Ralph, I quite enjoyed the movie. Yes, it did. Six calls. <laughs> it's funny. I, I, I caught Ralph in a moment where he's watching Tango and Cash. I think he was waiting for another boob to show up. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And then, and then he turned around. He saw the cap. <laughs> <laughs> if you tilt my head forward, boom. And, and, yeah, boom. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I'll say one. Th- oh, go ahead. Yeah, um, I quite enjoyed it. I actually thought it was well paced, and I wasn't really bothered by the little things that Mike was. I don't know about well paced. I mean, in my opinion, I don't know about well paced. Well, you know, I know it's a little bit past your bedtime, but you know. Well, I mean, I I, 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 I eleven forty a.m. Yeah, um, just to tell the story for the rest of the crew, um, we were supposed to meet for. We were supposed to meet for Veterans Day for the movie. I got caught in Veterans Day traffic. Couldn't meet the, the other guys that were watching the movie. So I had to watch the later show by myself, which I'll tell you one thing. And I'm glad you spent more money on it for not showing up on I, time. Actually, fuck you. I didn't spend more money. It was $7 before noon. Yeah, but I robbed your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, if you know me, I'm a man with a, with a wife and a baby. I've got no money at all. So. <laughs> Joke's on you. Um, You'll go home. You'll see two kids now. <laughs> Joke's on you. <laughs> I'm Latino, so I'm, I, that's, that's not a surprise. So don't look at me, actually. Um, opening sequence. I mean, because it's funny that Ralph says he liked the pacing. I didn't necessarily like the pacing a lot. I thought the opening sequence was fantastic. And even the um, the credits, because I know that they pride themselves in, how are we going to introduce this movie? You know, they, they do the, the opening action mm-hmm. sequence and then the, the title credits, credits. The title credits with mm-hmm. the song. I like the, the, the song. Well, the opening sequence, um, up until... Uh, the camera finally turns back on Bond uh, that's looking through a window. It's all one shot. It's a one, one shot. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. absolutely beautiful one shot. Um, it's not like the most breathtaking filmmaking I've ever seen. I mean, Hitchcock was also known for his one shot. Uh, ever watched the opening of Psycho is just yeah. phenomenal. Oh, that's right. Um, it's but just she, done in one shot. But uh, Artistically, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It was, 
very non-James Bondy, especially yeah. the dead are alive. And right. It fades into the one shot. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really good. I, I, I did like it, but for me, it seems like um, Quantum of Solace was a continuation of Skyfall. I mean, it was uh, a continuation of Casino Royale. Well, it was. It was and, part two, yeah. Yeah, and, and this seemed like a continuation of Skyfall. Right. Kind of like it was one movie and you took an intermission and then went and saw the rest of it. Right. Especially with the whole thing with M and him, why he went to Mexico right. in the first place. Which threw me off when I first started watching it because I have not seen... Skyfall is the only Daniel Craig one I haven't seen yet. Surprise! M's dead. Dies. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, M, wait, what the... Why is she speaking from, on the TV? She's dead? I mean, Maybe she she's it. just contagious. <laughs> if you're seeing this, I've died. So James, I need you to do something for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's Go up kill with this guy? What's up with that? I mean, when was the last time James Bond just did something because you know somebody just told him and didn't give him any reason? Well, but, that's kill, his boss. Had you watch <laughs> Skyfall? She's, she's dead. Well, she, she's no longer his, his boss, right? But that's well, that's James Bond. But I mean, that still was his boss. I mean, that would be his reason. But that was the relationship they had too. Yeah, she was yeah. like, "Kill this person and don't forget to show up at the funeral." I'm I know. Like, I, like, I love that line. <laughs> you got to see how it happens in Skyfall. That's yeah, why. yeah. But I mean, the thing that um, what I like though about that uh, Money Penny's reaction to seeing um was exactly the same reaction I had to seeing Judy Dench. It was like, oh, <laughs> it was just so great to see her. But um, but I, what I loved though was that um, writing wise, they did they did that part justice, which wasn't. Any other filmmaker would have been tempted to be like, oh, well, you know, let M go like, oh, you know, James was great working with you and da 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 da. No, yeah. she was all business. She's like, if, if you've seen this, I'm dead. Kill so and so and don't forget to go to the funeral. funeral. I'm out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> drop the mic. Like, yeah, know? she was like, I'm yeah. out. You know, um, and I like that part. But um, but I love the opening sequence that way. Um, I thought it was really well shot. Like I said, like, and like you said, it wasn't a very James Bond opening that way. Um, but still. I thought it was a much more interesting opening, like the entire opening, not just the one shot. Uh, yeah. It was much more interesting than Skyfall. Skyfall's opening sequence, because, you know, James Bond it always opens with that rush. Um, and even though they had the the train and him running on the train and a motorcycle to run on the train, it, it just, it, I, it bored me in a, in a way, even though that was supposedly this great scene. Um, well, that was the lead up to the shot. Yeah. The shot is what, what was yeah. the money. What was the, um, you know, the money shot. But, you know, but, I, but this one, I, I like this one, but still my, my favorite uh, James Bond, because I just got finished watching all of them in a row recently, um, and in order, which was great, uh, is The World Is Not Enough. That is the most excitement you will ever get for an opening sequence. Where you watched ever. all 24 of them? Uh, I've now seen all 24. Dang. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and well, I had seen them all bits and you know, not bits. I've seen them all over time as it is because I really love James Bond. But I just finally sat through and watched them in order. If this was Xbox, you get an achievement for that shit. I know. <laughs> <laughs> now I just get people looking at me like, really? <laughs> they're like, they, they don't understand, Mike. No. I only understand. <laughs> you know why? It's because they're probably like, Mike. I understand you saw all these movies straight, but now you should take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, pretty much. Um, um, but yes, and I thought the cinematography, cinematography was really good in the movie itself. I, I, I like the colors they use. I like um, just visually. I was just really yeah. captivated by the, it. The scenes were great, especially uh, the one of, uh, was it Dubai? No, no. Tangiers? Tangiers. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, we'll get back to Tangiers yeah, in a moment. Yeah, look at you jumping ahead. See, I don't spoil nothing. You fucking spoil but, um, but that, I, How is that a spoil? <laughs> but uh, oddly enough, though, I mean, um, and I agree with Ralph on this, though, that I, I thought the movie was well-paced. I, I didn't, the pacing of the movie didn't bother me. I have other problems with the movie, but it wasn't the pacing of it. I... I thought the tempo stayed pretty much the same all throughout. If I could draw a line graph for what I felt was exciting, it was like opening sequence, um, dull when it came to the funeral and everything. Then it came back to the um, when when Bond was in the meeting with everybody mm-hmm. and and um, Chris, um, Christopher Waltz, Christoph Waltz, Christoph Waltz 
you know, pointed them right. out. So, so there, there are points where it's like, okay, high points, super see, low points. That's the way I felt. Oh, see, I, I love the, um, the excitement of the funeral. Like, you know, like, you know, him, when he's talking to the widow and then the, like the kind of guys show up and stuff like that, I'm just like, oh, this is but good. The, <laughs> the widow, who was that? Who played there? Um, Monica Bellucci. Yes. Uh, I yeah. thought it was her. Dude, all I got to say And it's is, also who I said in the beginning. And also, who, also, 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 who Mike said in the quick news um, a couple of months ago when we were talking about the oldest Bond girl, and it's funny because when you said the oldest Bond girl, I'm like, oh, she's going to be doing the lead, and then I oh, saw, no, no. and I saw the posters of, of as we all hoped. Oh, dude, how disappointed was I? And, and, and my wife's not here, so I can fucking talk freely until next week. <laughs> yeah, luckily, the episode. luckily, she never listens to these. Things. Yeah. <laughs> she listens halfway. Hopefully, this will be the half she doesn't listen to. <laughs> I mean, Monica, Bel- oh my god, I was like. She's freaking hot, and she's doing a great job. And then all of a sudden, he leaves her. And I'm like, "Oh wait, that's it for her? Oh come on!" Oh yeah, but but it, but it really was. I'm like, that is the oldest woman any yeah. Bond has ever slept with. And you know, what's ever was crazy though. It's like he was getting answers out of her like every step of the way. And there's like, "No, I'm not telling you anything." He puts her up against the wall. Okay, maybe take my bra off. Maybe I'll tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now take my underwear off. I'll tell you everything. Oh my god, that series was incredible. You, you just got to go take a left, take a right here. I'll draw you a map. <laughs> <laughs> this next test was incredible. That's what it seemed like. I'm very disappointed with the fact that she was not the lead Bond girl, but that's another story. Is she, she from something? What? Is she from something? Really? Even I know that one. Baby, you're looking on your computer. Really? Yeah, yeah, no. He says, really? And then looks at his computer. No, like, no, I'm like, was, I have it no was idea. Falling asleep. Monica Bellucci? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tears of the Sun? Mm-hmm. Oh, the my Matrix. gosh. She was... T- oh, Matrix? Mm-hmm. She was a Mervingian's wife. Oh, no, don't remember it. Okay. <laughs> Tear, t- wait, Tears of the Sun, the, the Bruce Willis movie? Yeah. She was the doctor they were uh, extracting. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And Tears of the Sun's a great movie. Oop. Yeah. Never, never saw Antoine it. Antoine Fuqua? It's a good movie. Wow, cool. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, moving on. Um, oh, before we move on, real quick. Did, did anybody listen to the words of the the, the, yeah, the Sam Smith song that they used for the intro? It's, it's it's funny because we're talking about this is supposed to be Daniel Craig's quote unquote swan song and the words are very like you know writings on the wall like things are done or things are coming to an end and I'm like wow interesting well, but it was not his swan song he, he's under contract to do one more movie no no I know, but, know. But, but it was just interesting like yeah. well I took it as it was the swan song to of the two, initial story right, exactly what yeah, that's what I took it as yeah well, yeah, like, it's, like it's, 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 it's coming the, to the it's, it's the like, end of the beginning of right what they need yeah to it's do the now, ending now of is, this and now which will lead to another yeah. It's point in time for Bond. Fuck, yeah. Fucking, I'm a conspiracy I, theorist. I just looked at it and I said, "That is one fucking awesome music video." Yeah, the title sequence yeah. was really good. I yeah. thought I was on shrooms. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Holy shit!" They gave us a music video before the movie. This is awesome. Yeah, no, the the octopus that they used for Spectre was absolutely fantastic during the yeah. title sequence. It, it was just really well done. I was very happy with and it. It know. was cool because, like, when you uh, when you think about it, like some of the effects that they were doing is ink and water, mm-hmm. right? But it also looks smoky because of the way the ink reacts in right. water. So it's like, it was really cool. Yeah. And the way that they, they played it around in the models. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, the very first thing, I cause, um, because uh, Ralph and Jazz, uh, yeah, our former guest star, Jazz. Shout out to Jazz. Yeah, um, made it on time okay. to see the movie together. But I turned to Jazz, uh, as, you know, as the, the title sequence is going on and you see, um, you see Vesper Lynn and you see M and you see Mr. White. And I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, this is the first time. And it is. It's the first time ever any James Bond movie has referenced itself. Yeah. 
you know, which, which which was then got me very excited because, like I said, I didn't know what the movie. I mean, you know, it's about the introduction of Spectre, but you don't know what it's about. That's why you know we had said to the cap, "Hey, if you haven't seen Skyfall, you'll be fine," because no James Bond movies ever needed to see it, the other one to know what's going on. I learned that the know. hard way. Before these movies, was there ever James Bond movies that connected in a way that these four did? Not in this way. The, the closest connection that you've ever received was. And I'm bad with the names. It's the one after um, Her Majesty's Secret Service. That's the George, the only one that George Lazenby did. Right. That's the one. That's the one where James Bond actually does get married for real, and he gets married to Mrs. Peel, um, Diana Rigg, uh, and she gets killed at the very end. Movie surprise. Um, spoilers. <laughs> and I'm a spoiler. The movie's been out for over 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're up on that one. This movie's been out for like what two weeks now? Three. <laughs> Yeah, that's, same thing. It's the same yeah. thing. So um, <laughs> she dies at the end of that, and in the next movie, it's Sean Connery again, and he's pissed off fighting somebody because he's mad about his wife dying. That's, so he's looking for Blofeld, right. you know. So that's the closest like direct connection I've ever seen in a Bond movie. That's what I like about these movies. It it makes me want to go watch Spectre again now that I know what to anticipate and see. Because I do think that the, I think the one thing about these four movies that Craig has done is that they all tie into each other. Right. That's why I said I don't, you know, I would have saw, I actually said they watched the first three before I saw the four. Even though I saw them already. Right. Refresh. I had plans on doing that and the person told, two people told me, no, it's okay. So I was like, okay. I, well, you missed. You won't be lost, but you missed a lot of the nuance. I, right. I was about to say, there's not like that much. No, 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 that no, no, no but it's enough where I'm like, there's, there's nuance between M and Bond right. and their relationship from Casino Royale literally to Skyfall. Right. You see how he's all like, oh, thank you, mom. And right, they're, kinda, they're yeah. real icy in the beginning, but as yeah. they get, you know, he cries when she dies. Mm-hmm. And he, right. Spoiler alert, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Bond basically breaks down. He barely did that with uh, with Vesper. Oh, right. You know, well, well, with went, well, no, with Vesta, he just went around killing everybody. Yeah. <laughs> well, like when M went, he's over her and he's tearing oh, yeah. and stuff. And wow. Yeah, because I mean, because the thing is, it's it's an it's an unknown amount of years between um, Quantum and Solace and Skyfall. And Skyfall yeah. I mean, he not only, I mean, you, he is older, so you know it's been more time, but he actually is getting older. Like, yeah. It's really funny. Daniel Craig is aging rapidly. Yeah. yeah because he's only been James Bond for about a decade now. He's 47 in this Yeah. One? He was think. 45 in Skyfall. Yeah. Yeah. It's the two years there, but I think wow. he's only been Bond for about 10 years. So yeah. he's aging rapidly, which I'm very surprised at. Apparently, being James Bond is a very stressful job. Yeah. Even Bond acting like James Bond is a stressful job, and then all the sex with women doesn't really help. <laughs> let, let, uh, I'm shutting up. Um, <laughs> I was like, wish that. No, uh, um, Christopher. Just moving on because you guys are talking about Skyfall. I want to add this: Christopher Waltz, Christoph, Christoph Waltz. Excuse me, played um, Oberhauser. Right. Was he in Skyfall? No, there no, is no reference. No, to no reference to him no. whatsoever. Ever. There's no reference in James Bond lore. To Oberhausen. Yeah. Okay. Period. Not even written books. Right. This is a brand new character in that sense. Blofeld is old news, but well, yeah. Oberhausen and any connection, this is brand new. Okay. Now, was Blofeld... In other words... Was, no one was, has ever been mentioned. Was this Christoph Waltz was even in Skyfall? Spectre, Spectre, this is it. This was it. Everything. That's why, again, there was no reason to say you need to see Skyfall. Like there, right. Except for them telling us that... Um, the organization that was behind, um, I, I can't think of the, the the name of the character, but the one that was played by Harvey Bardem. Green? Oh, no. Uh, Harvey Bardem's was, character. Uh, I can't think of his name. I, if you say it, I'll remember. But yeah, Silva yeah, or something like that? Yeah, Silva. Silva? Silva, Silva something Silva, like that? Silva, yeah. Um, like, you know, all of these people, or like in Rodrigo Quantum Silva. Silva. Right, there you Rodrigo go. Silva. Um, or like uh, in Quantum Asylum, where we find out about... Um, Dominic Green. No, Quantum? Quantum was what? Dominic Green and Green... Right, but I meant like the name of the organization was Quantum. Yes. Right. Yeah. Like when we found out in this movie only that 
Blofeld is like that's all franchises under him. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, there's been no connection to any gotcha. movie from one movie. That's but what they, I'm saying. We never would have suspected that you would have needed to see the movies before. Right. And they hinted like in Quantum, M was hinting that there was a sinister organization behind right. it all, but we mm-hmm. thought it was Quantum. Right. Right. It was Quantum because uh, they were the okay. guys in the opera yeah. house doing the Spectre thing and watching the opera. Right. You know, so we figured it was that. Um, how did you guys feel about, now that we're on the, the, the subject of Blofeld, a.k.a. Oberhauser, um, how did you feel about them connecting him and Bond in the way they did? Total bull shit. <laughs> and that is two separate words. <laughs> I, I agree. I, that was the whole family lineage thing with the house. It's the most unnecessary thing in the world. It was, it was, un, it was very, that is so true. It yeah. was so unnecessary. It would have worked without that. It would have worked better without yeah. that. I was, I was very much like, what? Yeah, Ralph, did it sound like you had a dissenting voice? I saw it coming. I saw it. Well, it's like, not about some, see it coming because I mean they, they were leading up the towards it. Yeah. It just but seems it, obvious. It's, 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 it's there's no reason it. that you have your top spy because like and they, uh, both of them heard me going off. I'm like, you know that somebody in the, in the the writing room was like, oh my god, the top spy could be pseudo related to the top evil villain, yeah. and then you're like, why? I I told him I said that would be akin to somebody going. And you know what we've just found out? Peter Parker and Harry Osborn are actually half brothers. Yeah. And you're like, why? Wait, I agree. They're not half They could be. Not with that hair. <laughs> not with sure. that hair. That's a dominant hairstyle. <laughs> um, Marvel here in the podcast. <laughs> but um, you know, it's it was just it it was it wasn't even like one of those things where you went, it's a twist, but okay, I can swallow it. You're like, no, it was it was pointless. There was yeah. literally zero point, that, and also it made no sense. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, I knew immediately. Um, I think I can thank Sandman for this one, uh, the, the the book Sandman by Neil Gaiman. Yeah. When when Oberhausen first sees Bond at this board meeting and looks at him and just goes cuckoo, I'm like, okay, so we know that Bond was like pseudo adopted. So I'm like, okay, so you're calling him uh, because we know about the cuckoo birds that they lay their eggs and that mm-hmm. when they hatch they kill the other birds. So I'm like, all right, I get that that's that you're related in some kind of way now, but when you realize that Oberhausen. I, I guess he was jealous slash mad at Bond for his dad giving him his affection. So logically, you kill your mm-hmm. father and not Bond. <laughs> like, like why would you go and kill your dad instead of the kid that that's your dad's looking at? Like, or at least not killing them both. It or didn't make kill, any or, sense. Or try to kill Bond and kill them by accident. Which right, fuels it. Yeah, and I, he, oh, he wow. literally had he just killed his dad. And I, I'm like, I literally uh, was hoping that Monica Bellucci was the villain. Right. That's oh, what that my fingers cool. were crossed. For. I just wanted her back. And I, I hope they still they can still do that. So if they hear Sony, if you're still on the rights, go get that in. <laughs> Make that happen because that would have been it for me. You know, right. she was the bad guy and she was playing him all this time in Oberhausen was just kind of a pawn. Right. Yeah. Well, really the thing is, I mean, if you have Spectre, you have to have Blofeld. So somewhere along the line, Blofeld and his damn cat had to show up. You know, I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. going to happen. But it just it just did not work. It, it, in fact, it disappointed me. Um, with that connection because like I said it didn't make sense like and also at least it appears and and you saw from the photo that he's um, that Blofeld or the Oberhausen was at least a few years older than Bond yeah but we're not talking like you know generations or whatever he's just a few years older than Bond so also you're that crazy you've killed your dad at some point and I doubt you just started last week so probably when you were young (laughs) you started becoming much more of a criminal person so if you evidently didn't hate your pseudo brother enough to kill him, then that means you sort of kind of maybe liked him. Why wouldn't you have tried to get him into the, the criminal business? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that made no sense. Now it's yeah. be- now I'm starting to ask more questions about things that I should ever be asking in a yeah. Bond film. You yeah. Know? Well, I can actually tell you. So, 
After, if this involves a tank, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> After he faked his death, uh, Blofeld goes into the underground, making connections and rising from the bottom to the top until he can start his own criminal organization in which he uh, implants C as a mole in uh, the British government so that he can have more control over surveillance. So throughout that time, and also there's like a 10-year minute per- uh, ten year period where he's just like partying in, in Dubai and in the... I don't know where this is. Fun. I'm not following that story. <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear how cocky he sounds even he's making this shit up off top of the dome? Yep. <laughs> you're like, see, yeah, you know, if this was a video podcast, you could see Ralph's neck twerking. <laughs> I, would, I, I questioned why M even had that last tape, and if she knew something, why she didn't explain that sooner. Right, and why, you know, were you, the thing is, too, there was no record that she was making any investigation yeah, of exactly. this, and you're like, so you just save this nugget for, if I don't die on that last mission, we're mm-hmm. going to do this, so, you know. If, <laughs> if I am mistaken, uh... In and Skyfall, sure they made references to like M knowing him when he was younger, right? Not knowing him no. personally. She just knows of him. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I didn't like the, I don't know if this is Bond lore, but I didn't like the fact that he's really not Bond. Is Wait. that something in, but his name was, was from the adopted parents. Wasn't no, 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 no. Oberhausen were the adopted parents. It, I, he didn't. Oh, I thought. Right. Franz Oberhausen. That was the brother's name. Oh, I, I, remember, oh, I thought. And they said that, they, they said the father's name was. Aaron or whatever and they said whatever Oberhausen is the name no it says on that on his paper um, it said like James Master Bond okay yeah. so alright I gotta ask because in Skyfall his parents were killed in an accident right or something yeah that wasn't the parents from the house no, no well I mean his parents were already killed and then this guy okay, they also were the was killed okay oh, and, okay. and the brother yeah okay. he's lost parents twice basically. he's like okay. double he's double yeah, orphan a little because he gets to the house and the, the you know the Alfred is like James Bond right you know your parents it, it just kind of like right yeah so that would have been I'm assuming that would have been Oberhausen's house, house then yeah. right ah okay. Uh, okay. okay yeah okay because um, that's one thing that definitely bothered me and mind you I, I, whether I knew that Blofeld was in Skyfall or not the fact that they made that relationship, I was like, wow. Well, I, I said to Ralph um, and Jazz, what I didn't like was that right away, if you remember, like right away when he leaves that meeting, well, he, well, he escapes that meeting um, um, after Oberhausen outs him as like, you know, James Bond, welcome, blah, 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 blah. And the first thing he says to Moneypenny is, look up Franz Oberhausen. But he says it in such a way that like like you would almost think, and I can see why you would think it must have been referenced in Skyfall. It's like, I'm sitting there going, because I'm very bad with names and things like that in, in movies. And I'm thinking, was Oberhausen mentioned in Skyfall? And I had to double check with Jazz, who knows. I don't know how he remembers all this stuff. Jazz is a Star Wars and and Bond encyclopedia. He he really is. And he's like, no, there's no mention of him. Borderline Rain Man. Yeah. (laughs) I I, I double checked on the internet and there's no mention. So I'm like, but the way he said Franz Oberhausen was like, we're supposed to know. Like, like you respect me. Like, look up Franz Oberhausen. Dum, 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 dum. And you're like, no, there wasn't. He's never been mentioned. So I'm like, so why did you toss this out to the audience? Like, we're supposed to know who the hell this character was. Right. You know what it needs? You ever seen those um, like TV shows or. Uh, where they do like uh, um, like director uh, facts or something or like mm-hmm. quick facts or something where it pops up in a little bubble yeah. and it says oh interesting fact you know this and this and this and this and this they need to start doing that with movies just like <laughs> oh Franz Oberhauser you know, so <laughs> is the uh, adopted brother that uh, lived with James and his father whatever whatever, whatever. he's I, crazy I, I would have enjoyed the movie a little better that way <laughs> that's one yeah. thing that got me mad another thing that got me mad huh I mean, obviously, we talked about uh, Monica um, Bellucci Bellucci to death. So let's switch gears. Bond falling in love with Dr. Madeline Swan, doing a favor for 
um, his friend saying, "Mr. White, Mr. White, Mr. White you know, that wasn't his friend. It wasn't his buddy. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry, not his <laughs> friend. To kill him. Well, not his a friend, but times. doing a favor with this assassin, right? Um, for you know, the that, that that whole bond falls immediately hard in love in a day and a half. I'm like, stop. Was that what happened? Well, I mean, oh, it's more well, her. I, mean, I thought it was like more her than him. Yeah. No, I mean, well, think oh, he, about it. No, it was it was mutual because think about it. At the by the end of the movie and. Spoiler for for did, this yeah. part of the spoiler, he's given up. Yeah. We're not just saying yeah. like, oh, I'm going to vacation. I'll be back in a week. I'm going to get some of this. He's like, oh, I'm quitting for her. And you're like, you've known her for a day and a half. I, I can explain that. No, you can't. Yes, and I let's can. move on. All right, <laughs> listen to this. All right, so you know how like when you're put in life or death situations, you know, you get this sort of attraction, right? No, so I've never been in one. So that's why uh, we're gonna have to put you in one to see. <laughs> you're you're in one now. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why she fell so head over heels with him, right? The reason why he was willing oh, to give go. everything for her. <laughs> Was you know remember when Blowfield put the needle through his brain? Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh, you, it messed up with his. You know. Oh, people keep saying that. I thought that was a missed opportunity. I thought when they did the whole thing in his neck that he would never remember her was going to be what? a trope to why he never gets attached to women. Oh, I said, right. oh, okay, they're going to do that. But then he went, yeah. I remember. Well, that, went, well, that oh, scene. That's what. That's oh, one of those. Well, that's, that's what, what fucked up. It messed him up. So now he's like, oh fuck, I love this bitch. I'm, <laughs> I'm quitting this. Well, shit. well, that's what. That's what. That's one of those I, I have listed under my convenient scenes without understandable consequences, which is. He's drilling into Bond's head, and yet none of it has any effect besides obviously calling, causing pain. But I'm yeah. like, he kept saying, like, this is going to screw up this, and this will probably screw up that. I'm like, it didn't do anything. As he said, probably. <laughs> right. But it's, like, it's not like, like brain surgery is a science exactly. or something. But, but, but you know? I'm, like, I'm like, you just didn't do anything besides cause him a minor amount of pain, evidently. And he's going <laughs> to come back and kick your ass. <laughs> and it seemed well, like it was a throw to the old Bond movie right. torture. And he right. didn't go, you want me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Right. It wasn't even that. No, exactly. It wasn't that, like, you yeah. know, that wonderfully over the top. Um, I was happy to see more scenes with M and Q, though, being like more active. Yeah, yeah, more that, that was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but then uh, this uh, part of my under my science that makes no sense, and also just scenes without consequence. I would love to see the categories on your page one day. I, I just <laughs> tons of them. But like, remember when Q is looking at the um, Q has the ring now that has the Spectre symbol on it. And Bond's like, see what you can find out about this. And evidently, that's all you need to do in this day and age. But Q is examining the ring. And all he's doing, he's just taking like a photographic and spect- spectrum analysis of the ring. And you see all the people. You start to see Mr. White. You see, um, uh, who's the guy from Casino Royale? Um, oh, um, uh, I can't think of the guy's name. The, the villain. Guy. The villain uh, is um, Lechev. 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 You see yeah. Lechev. And you see all the other like major villains that we've seen in Skyfall. I mean, I mean so through the last three movies. And then you see that tree that goes into Franz Oberhausen. Mm-hmm. And underneath the picture of Franz Oberhausen, it says DNA match. And I'm like, it, it, it's a ring. What DNA match would there be? In a ring, and we don't want explanations, bro. Because, because whatever you say is going to be bullshit. <laughs> like, like it was the most ridiculous. Like, wow. it was the most ridiculous thing. And I'm like, so unless you're telling me this ring is composed out of his dead flesh and it's metal, so it's not. And we we saw the the, the elemental, you know, breakdown. I'm like, that just it was just science that just went. Eh, but here he we got go. the ring from the guy in the helicopter, right? Right. Yeah. So and how and he's it, been wearing and washing his hands. But with how it would it tie to Oberhausen? That's what I just said. Yeah, That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like another, and yeah. it, but it didn't just tie to him saying like these people have these yeah, rings. It said DNA and, match. Right. It said it yeah. said DNA match, and All I'm right. like, what DNA? All right. If you look at a ring under a microscope, you'll see there are small pores in the ring. Right. Is so it when, as poor as this explanation? So when you shake hands, <laughs> DNA. Nice little play on English. 
and gets caught in the ring. <laughs> give, give, give me the soundboard. That was a right there. We haven't heard one all day. There we go. It feels like it's not a show without that. Thank you. My God. Fuck you. They fuck you too. <laughs> I love that I can but, tell myself "fuck you" and everything's okay. But uh, but one of the other happy things that was it. I mean, it's a slap in the face happy thing. I was really happy that Dave Batista had almost no lines. <laughs> I was so happy they didn't have as that man. Rest, as a wrestling fan, I'm telling you, you you did the right thing. Well, we already saw him in Guardians of the Galaxy. This is not we had to guess how he acts, you know. And I, and I well, said to someone else, he was like a silent killer or something. Well, I, I guarantee you, because most Bond villains talk except for um for Jaws. You yeah, know. Jaws and um, but but I'm like. I'm like, you know, at some point he had lines and he read them and they were like, you know, what would be really cool <laughs> is if you were a silent killer, <laughs> you know. Um, but it was really funny because like because of his stature, he's, you know, the thick neck. He's a big guy, stuff like that. He reminded me of like Odd Job. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, me too. But yeah. it's, but it's the guy that throws right, the hat, right? Right, right. Odd Job, right. Yeah. So like I kind of thought he reminded me of Odd Job, but he's not Odd Job. But then I'm thinking like in my mind, I'm going, well, maybe he's like the son of Odd Job. And he had like those metal fingernails that he would kill people with. So I'm like, maybe his name is Hand Job. I, I, really, I wasn't sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, um, but I, I liked his character to a point. I mean, it was... It was the first over-the-top Bond henchman we've seen. Yeah. So I wait, like, if, you, if it was related to Blofeld, he'd be blowjob? I probably. <laughs> <laughs> okay, give me one. Give me one. There Fine. we go. Thank I you. didn't get one for handjob, and that's it? Come on now. Blowjob was a lot more creative. <laughs> I, I didn't like the fact that the, uh, Batista's role, uh, the character, tried to get a seat at the table. Yeah, well, that, that just seemed rushed. Much. It felt like we just need to show that he's badass. Yeah, but what is he going to do with the table? Those are the heads, and he was the henchman. Yeah, right. He, he squished the guy's eyes out, but and right. he, he looks like a dude who answers to somebody or right. yeah. does what needs well, to be done. Well, he answers to Oberhausen because Oberhausen seemed like he was okay with that because yeah. he, remember, he was like, and then he was like, okay. Because yeah. he even made it sound like, if anybody else mm-hmm. wants to try for this chair, anybody. And then Mr. Hinks comes in and you're like, so obviously this was a ploy. I guess Oberhausen wanted that guy dead, right. you know. But yeah, it was. it is a question like, what was he really bringing to the table yeah. besides metal fingernails, you know. <laughs> I, I didn't get it. Um, but I did, I did really love that scene, though, the scene of the conference table when, you know, you don't see Christoph Waltz at all. He's in shadow for the law. My favorite part, though, is when, you know, the, the, the woman is speaking. And she's basically like um, Agent 3 from, like, the old Bond villains. Because yeah. that was that old, whistled-up woman. From the, um, the thing about the woman from uh, the... Uh, Austin Powers. Austin Powers. Yeah. Yeah. She's that same character who's actually a Bond oh, villain you. as well. Yeah. Bring in the um, clown! <laughs> exactly. But um, I like when she's, she, you know, he's coming in. She stops talking. Everyone goes silent. And it's just quiet. No one's saying anything for, like, a couple of minutes of the film. Um, Christoph Waltz sits down he's still in shadow we still haven't seen him and I just I you had to love the power everyone's standing he's in shadow still nothing said and he just goes don't let me interrupt and it's like fuck you you've already interrupted how how dare these be the first words out of your mouth but that was I just liked that because that was just such a great sign of absolute power of like no one was going to speak and then he's just like don't let me interrupt. <laughs> How did you guys feel about um, Christoph Waltz's portrayal? Because I feel like he didn't really do much. He didn't do much from what Chris, we he know. He was Christoph Waltz. We know what he's capable of. Anyone has seen Django um, um, Unchained um, and anyone has seen uh, Inglorious Bastards. Bastards. Oh, my you know, God. I mean, not that he's been, hasn't been other things, but if you've seen those two things, you know the the devilment and, and villainous type person he can become. You know? He was also in The Green Hornet, right? I uh, will never ever Ew. know. I will never find out. <laughs> that's, that's that's the podcast that we do when we have nothing else to fucking talk about, which I, I think we should do. <laughs> I, I didn't like the fact that uh, I think he fell apart in the end. 
And well, the, the end and fell apart the, at yeah, the end. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> that the, the last act is my. It's the part that brought down the rating for me in yeah, the movie um, that we'll get to. Is that uh, it? It was just they threw everything at, you know into the sink. Yeah. And everything was. That's where all the convenience really comes in. They just conveniently tidied up everything they wanted to tidy up. Right. And this wasn't a short movie. It's two hours and twenty eight yeah. minutes long. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you run out of time, yeah. <laughs> you know, to cleanly resolve something. But that, yeah, he fell apart by the end. The movie fell apart uh, a bit by the end and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I know that for me, the, the one thing that really just gets me, it's, it's why in my synopsis I was saying that like he was assisted by what must have been the great, 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 great grandson of the Death Star Builder was <laughs> in Tangiers. I'm like, I don't know. First of all, we still don't know what that building was in Tangiers. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that headquarter of no purpose that just seems to be there. But it was uh, a hotel. It was Google. It, it looked like Google. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like Google. <laughs> Google's taken over. Yeah, but like, but that, that the, uh, yeah, like the, Google text. the villains hide out in Tangiers that we don't know what they were doing there, but evidently what they were doing there was highly flammable. And I, I, but I love the fact that like, all, like he, James Bond took down that entire complex with one bullet. Yeah. It was the Death oh. Star weakness. Oh, there's more of that. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. No, but I mean, that one was just, because it didn't just blow up. Like, you're, it was fine that there was one explosion. Yeah. But then everything exploded. I'm like, why did you, who built that? Like, did that guy not get paid? And he just put a sign, shoot here. <laughs> right here. <laughs> you know? it, it lost me at the end, too. I, I, I stopped caring after they bagged him. Mm-hmm. And he got out, and he got to the door of MI6, and right. it said James Bond, and it had the right. arrow. That was cool. But then the whole finding her while he was in the helicopter looking, right? I thought that was. I was like, end it now. Yeah. And there you go. Yeah. But yeah. then after that it was when I just said, okay. Yeah. You just dropped forty points. Oh, well, you know. Well, oh, well the thing yeah. that you got when you mentioned about them bagging him was that. Okay, this is what made no sense, and it, it would have helped. All they it would have helped me with this uh, if Christoph Waltz had just made one sentence, something along the line of. You know, Bond, you didn't, you know, why did you kill my henchman? It was unnecessary or something. Is right. that, like you said, they were taking him to the old MI6 building. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know what they're going to do, obviously, yeah. but we're assuming he's going to kill them, and rightly so. He kills the henchman, then goes into the building, which is where they were evidently going to take him, and stuff is hung, pictures are hung up to lure him around, and I'm like thinking, so I'm thinking, well, then Blofeld evidently intended for Bond to, to escape. escape. Yeah. Like, like I, I don't understand. But, that, but yeah. that's what I thought was the mind play. My my theory was either he intended him to escape, or they were going to tell him, you know, go right. well, go and, into the building. Right, and that's why I said and that. Hold the gun to him and hence why I said if Blofeld had just said something along the line of like, "Really, James, killing those men was unnecessary," yeah. something like that, then yeah. you would have been like, "Okay, this was a plan yeah. to lure him yeah. through there," but it wasn't. It's like when you brought him here at gunpoint, he kills the guys, and yet this place was planned for him to be walking around without a hood on. Why? Mind, mind right. I mean, as he, as his, he, I mean, we've seen already that Blofeld doesn't really care about his henchmen. They're, they're pretty much expendable. No, but at the same time, too, it's like you're trying to get your secret plan going. You're, you're really going to spend time. Like, he could have just tied James Bond in a chair, left him in the building, which is rigged to explode, That's and been true. done with it. But it's like, no, no, you, you, were, you just decided to do the Batman 1960s villain thing and go, and here's a trap. Yeah. Just so that you can escape through it and defeat my plans, and you're like, this is not real. This is like James Bond, like like Cap said in the very beginning. We're expecting a much more realistic Bond, and you just gave me a villain that who himself said that he wasn't going to monologue his his plan basically, but like was just like, oh, I'm not going to monologue my plan, but I'm going to give you a chance to stop it. He found oh. White's daughter, yeah, 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 in the one spot in the entire building 
Right. Where, where he could oh, yeah. And, and only because like, she happened to be so she happened to be yelling. Yelling. You know, yeah. I'm like, and it was uh-huh. just like you couldn't have put her in like a broom closet in the sub sub basement <laughs> right. under some shrapnel where he really couldn't get to. Oh, her. by the Gagged. way, <laughs> big building, three minutes. Yeah, yeah, big yeah. building, three and, minutes. And did you see like they foreshadowed the whole that he's going to escape on the boat when he's yeah. going drive. Right. Yep. He's at the bottom. And you see the boats and like, oh, that's his exit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, also and also and, like and then the net. Yeah, and the net. Oh, that just they show that like three times. Yeah, three four times. You know from. Floor fifty, yeah. all the way to the first floor. <laughs> yeah. no, no bars or nothing. The building nope. is blown up. There's no shrapnel in the way. Yeah, they just cleared it all out. You, yeah. They have the, you know what they did? They did um, divergence uh, stunt director. That's what they got that yeah, from. That <laughs> must have been that guy because they yeah. they have like a net thing where they jump off. And, and, and also, I had a problem with them. Um, I mean, we know that there's a, and especially with writing, you know that there's often, and I think it's much more of a, a writing one one way of 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 bringing your um, beginning and end together. Yeah. I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just, it's simplistic and it usually works. But again, you expect kind of more from something someone's spending $245 million on. Right. Um, is that we opened up with building explosion yeah. and a massive helicopter scene. And we end with a building explosion, explosion and a massive helicopter scene. scene. And I'm like, really? We're, we're going to that whole repeat the beginning at the end scenario? Yeah. Really? Yeah, but at this time <laughs> you know. he doesn't kill the guy. Uh, no, but you know, ooh. It that, seems that's like, a change, which means he won't be able to sleep with his widow. <laughs> wow. It kind of seemed like what it needed was the kind of uh, Casino Royale ending. Not the ending with uh, Vesper Lynn and the whole part right. Italy, but the part where he was getting tortured. And the only reason why he made out alive is because Mr. White came in and right. gave the listen guy. You're yeah. not helping, banging your head. And then yeah. He kind of lets him go. It seemed like he needed that. That's mm-hmm. what made that movie so good. It was like James was like, Oh, James almost James failed in his mission pretty much to do right. what he needed to do and circumstances what happened and that's why he's alive it didn't seem that in this movie it right. seemed very much it just uh, felt like well you know it's James Bond he could deal with that yeah. you know that kind of a thing yeah monkey fist to the balls you know nothing else really hurts <laughs> <laughs> um, all I gotta say is and I know I know we said spoilers and we're trying not to spoil too much but with the chase scene Wait, and, and that's kind of when I was I'm supposed which to one with Mr. Hanks what, what, no, with no, no. Ferrari? No, 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 the, no. It's the chasing with the boat and the helicopter. Oh. How many feet he was away for him to make that shot? Oh, I, I'm just saying, I, I, I and know what I'm, kind not, of I'm not a gun expert, but I'm like, there is no way you have any form of accuracy or, or reach with that gun. As an expert marksman, I can oh, tell God. you <laughs> that, that that shot is actually possible with the weapon that he was using. I refuse to believe that. Q modified that weapon. So that really? What scene did we see that actually in? Actually traveled faster. What scene did we see that the in? Standard issue double yes, old weapon. He uses <laughs> a standard gun. Get out of here. Standard Dude, issue. it was like, oh God. When, when I saw that, I was like, really? Remember when when there, when he meets up with M at the safe house and he has all these guns and he... Standard oh, yeah, issue. But, yeah, but think of all the, all the variables you have. And I don't want to get too geeky on it. A moving boat with a moving chopper with wind and distance. Yeah. You mean to tell me... Okay, hitting, hitting in an engine, hitting in, in the engine. In the engine. He, he, he just, it just. And mind you, people are like, "Well, it's bound to belief." Right. But, right, but that's the thing is that I mean, we shouldn't be suspending that much belief. But uh, when you think about it, right? So the boat is traveling at about like fifty-five miles per hour. There's right? no way we know that. The helicopter is traveling. Actually, it's done we in know knots. It's done in knots. But go ahead. <laughs> well, in relation to the the helicopter, I'm saying boat, boat boat speed is measured yeah. in knots. Go ahead. I understand that, but it's in relation <laughs> to the helicopter, which we so, don't know the speed of that so either. The, the helicopter <laughs> was traveling, I would say, about eighty miles per hour, right? 
so that if you get the difference between that in relation to the helicopter, no. the boat and was we, only we, traveling and the distance that we don't know, thirty <laughs> miles per hour. He was about, I would say, uh, fifty yards away he at was, that shot. It was night. The wind was relatively low, which we so don't. Clear <laughs> visibility. Here's the Ralph math problem. Uh, speed of the object you're on, unknown. Speed of the object that you're chasing, unknown. Distance of the object you're chasing, unknown. Speed of the bullet you have, unknown. Wind, unknown. Eyesight, unknown. Figure it out. Oh, he could do it. <laughs> Pretty much. Result, Bond wins. <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was, that, that got me. Um, another thing, like I, the fight with Mr. Hinks in the train. Yeah. Now, it was a wonderful fight, but it's a train, which evidently, it seemed like it was a reasonable time of night. They're serving dinner. No one else eats. Like, that's like, like there was no one in the car. The car is totally destroyed, set on fire partially, and yet no one seems concerned about this on this train for some well, odd reason. It's a luxury train in a third world country. Not yeah, I, I would think that. someone's going to be concerned about that. <laughs> Ralph, are you related to anybody who wrote this movie? Because you're defending it like I, I know he, he must be getting part of that thirty million if this movie succeeds. Now, now mind you, uh, reputationally, Ralph can be very kind to certain movies, but well, this is be beyond. This is beyond kind, man. Well, I, like I'm, stroke, beginning to, I'm beginning to think he wrote it. <laughs> it's like a stroke, stroke, rub thing going on. Yeah, well, you know, saddest part in the movie when that Aston Martin died. I, I Which one? The Aston Martin? He got his his Aston Martin. He got his original Aston Martin back. <laughs> yeah, but that, that first one. The new one, the with, beautiful. Oh, it was beautiful. The yeah, it was. Did you like the reference oh. to 009? Yeah, I was just like, there was a 009, and I'm like. Well, that's a golden eye. That was a yeah, that was golden. right. Yeah. yeah. But, what, um, but what really gets me, though, with that is that I'm like, because again, we don't know how long it's been, but you get the feeling it hasn't been terribly long since yeah. Skyfall. So think about this. Where did all those agents come from? Yeah. Because all eight agents were dead in Skyfall. Right. So they got more. Right. Which, I mean, maybe they do keep them just trained in the wings and they're like, you'll get your double O when we say you get it. But but it was just kind of weird. Like they didn't, again, they didn't mention like, well, we've just gotten a bunch of new recruits to replace the last. I didn't know. know. I didn't know that they were all dead. Well, remember um, when the explosion, the explosion that takes out the MI6, right? right? Then um, you see Judy Dench as M. She's standing in the room. And if you count them, there's eight coffins. Okay. And there is some reference about like, you know, the um, I've killed, like he says something about like, I've killed all your, your double O's or all of your something age. The two of us left. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only, right. It's the only two of us left. So that means he's killed all other eight double O's because I'm assuming there's no double O 10 because it just doesn't work well. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know. Yeah, I guess it doesn't sound right, huh? Is, yeah. is there a double O zero? I was just about to say, and I don't know if there's a double O zero. Yes, this guy right here. <laughs> Triple nothing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Three times zero. <laughs> um, Wait, three times zero is... Stop, stop, stop it, stop it. <laughs> is there anything else we want to add before we go to ratings? Uh, don't think so. Okay. Ralph, JP? Oh, I do have one other thing. Blofeld. Now, I mean, we classic Blofeld has the scar on his face. Right. That's what he always has. So you knew that was coming, and you knew that Bond's... The, by the way, the only weapon Bond was given, which was the exploding watch, which I don't know why Q gave him an exploding watch, considering he was on desk duty. Wait, your watch um, doesn't explode? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Um, <laughs> But, come uh, on, dude! I gotta come on. That was but worth uh, it. but like you know, so conveniently, the only thing he had was the exploding watch, and came in handy, of course. But uh, I'm like, okay, it's three hours from London to Tangiers, and that is a fact because I actually looked it up by plane. Um, and you know, Blofeld is traveling by his own plane. He's traveling by private jet. You know right. that, you know. 
So I'm like, there's no doctor on that jet? Because, I mean, like he didn't Stitch show up with up. stitches. <laughs> he showed up with a gaping yeah. wound. And I'm like, you've had three hours. I mean, if nothing else, you could have just put bandages up and down your face. Mm-hmm. It was just one of those, like, it looked great. I mean, it did look great. Yeah. But it was, again, pointless. It, it just felt like we've done this for the effect because, like, you know, I'm like, you've had three hours, dude, plus the amount of time you've been planning. Yeah. So it's even longer. I'm assuming it's been five or six hours now, you know. Some henchman had to just be like, so you want to dab that so dripping that. wound a little bit? Because we're henchmen and we murder people and we're disgusted. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. It was just I'm one not, of those things. Yeah. All right. Ratings for the new James Bond movie, Spectre. I don't know which way I want to go because I kind of know where the other two are going. So you know what? Let me go with JP, the wild card. And see, um, and we'll, and I don't want to go first. You don't go first? Okay, fine. <laughs> the other two are very comfortable with that. Mike? I give it eight. You just know that Blofeld's cat has the same scar over its eye out of ten. <laughs> you know it does. <laughs> Come on. Self-inflicted? <laughs> Blofeld just did it himself. I'm He's like, self-inflicted. Because <laughs> the cat does that. It's crazy. Okay. Um, Ralph? I give it eight. That's a beautiful Aston Martin out of ten. <laughs> okay. Oh, May right. rest in peace. I'm going to give it... Pieces. <laughs> pieces. I'm one a, piece? I said oh bring it back. In, I said bring it back in one piece, not bring back one piece. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty clever. I'm going to give it six and a half. Why couldn't we be reviewing Skyfall out of ten? Because <laughs> you should have watched it two years ago. <laughs> I, I noticed. I noticed. And last but not least, JP. I'm going to give it a... I love chicken. I love liver. Meow mix. Meow mix. It delivers six and a half. <laughs> six and a half. Nice. I Look agree. at that. And people say I'm a hater. <laughs> I agree. I, I gave it the best rating out of everybody. What? For once. I said eight. Yeah, but I said it first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There you have it. James Bond. Um, not Skyfall, but I mean, people still watching it. So uh, I guess. What so. the hell kind of an ending was that? Hush. Geeks on the Go is next. Wait, where's the bling? (laughs) He got a different version. (laughs) Geeks on the Go. One more JP. Okay, I was waiting for that. I'm like, you're late. (laughs) All right. You know the segment. I give quick questions. They give quick answers on all things geek. And we never make it under a minute. We have a guest. I'm hoping, maybe, kind of. Yeah, adding another person only makes things go faster. Oh, the the way it works. The questions are not that long. (laughs) New York uh, math, you know. Yeah. Yeah, maybe if we added you. Right. If we added 10 more people, we'd get it done in a second. Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) Kills one question. All right. Ready, set, go. Which will happen first? Logan returning to the Marvel comic universe as our Wolverine or the Fantastic Four getting a new book. Ralph. Logan, of course. Come on. JP. Logan. <laughs> Mike. Uh, unless the cover of the book is a team gangbang on Sue that includes Herbie and Agatha Harkness joining in, <laughs> wow. there is no way the Fantastic Four is getting a book within four years. <laughs> Did you say Agatha Harkness? <laughs> and Hag- Agatha Harkness. Oh, yeah. And, and, and he, dro- he name dropped. That's awesome. <laughs> name a hero or villain that you thought was cool when you were younger, but now that you think about it, he or she is actually kind of lame. Mike. Hawkman. He was a shirtless man with wings and a mace, and that made him badass. Then I eventually realized he's a, sh- a shirtless man with wings and a mace, and that made him stupid. <laughs> <laughs> JP. Bullseye. His name is Bullseye, and yet, even if it wasn't Bullseye, he'd aim to hit the Bullseye. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph. Skeletor. I thought he was pretty you know, cool in uh, He-Man. 
Then I saw Robot Chicken, and I'm like, this guy's a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Time's up, but we have two more questions. All right. Rank these spies from average to best. James Bond, Jason Bourne, Ethan Hunt, or Solid Snake? Ralph. Uh, so Ethan Hunt, Jason Bourne, James Bond, Solid Snake. Oh, uh, Solid Snake, yeah. yeah. Really? JP? Um, I got to <gasps> add something to that. Go ahead. Solid Snake or Big Boss? Ah, uh, yeah, Big Boss. Yeah, that's right. All right, so which one is it? Um, I, I say, you know what? Big Boss. Okay. Big Boss, yeah, James <laughs> Bond, Jason Bourne, Ethan Hunt. Oh, wow. wow. So, so you think Ethan Hunt is the top spy? Ethan Hunt is the top spy? Yeah, we're yeah, saying from, from, from average. average. No, I'm sorry. That's Reverse why that. I said. Okay, so, yeah. <laughs> I was like, you, you name drop Big Boss and put him in fourth? I can't say that again. Reverse what I just said. First guy. <laughs> got the last guy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, all right. That's why Solid Snake was my top guy. Dude. I was like, Solid Snake? Yeah, he's my top What's wrong guy. with you? <laughs> Mike. Snake, Hunt, Born, Bond. Of course you go that way. Yep. All right. Pretty and, much the reverse of the what you gave me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and last, but certainly not least, yay or nay, comic books should get rid of their annual holiday specials. We'll go with the artist first. Mike. I'm sorry, GP. Yay. Yay. Wow, okay. Ralph. Oy vey. <laughs> I don't please don't have Oy vey. Oy vey. I guess it's a nay <laughs> Mike I say yay keep him I want to see how many Avengers bring Falcon a 40 for Kwanzaa <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait wait it said yay or nay for comics to get rid of them first um, to, to, get, to get rid of them I, I see your nay oh, rid of so them. then I say nay yeah. okay yeah alright I was like oh, okay. okay yeah it's his okay. clarification of his sentences alright alright are all you right. part of the knights that say me 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 alright um, let's go to the shout outs um, shout outs too first Ivan, you bitched the last time that I saw you because we didn't shout you out. Well, let's see if you even are listening to this episode because your boy Tom's not on Oh, it. his 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 boyfriend, Hipster Tom's not right? on here. <laughs> He's like, you guys didn't shout me out. You don't listen to the podcast. Yeah. Well, I listen, I listen. Yeah, when Tom's on. Yeah. Mr. Koopa. Yeah, Mr. Koopa. So let's see if, if Mr. Mr. Koopa um, channels in. Um, shout out to Erin proving us wrong again by listening to us. We were like, oh, Erin's not going to listen to this episode. And she did. Oh, yeah, <laughs> good for you, Aaron. But of course, it was episode sixty nine, so I was not surprised there. Sixty nine, sixty nine. Probably one of our more popular episodes. <laughs> but you know, it's funny. No mention of a Dirty Sanchez, which is very interesting about that. <laughs> or was it Sloppy Oddvark? <laughs> sloppy Oddvark. <laughs> Shout out also going to Big Kev. I mean, we haven't heard from him in a while, but he's too busy, you know, hanging out with lady friends. So you know, he's got no time for podcasts. <laughs> Is he's he? a dolphin fan. Dolphin fan. He's in love. He's in love. And um, last shout out, shout out going to Johannes. Congratulations on the, the art exhibit that you had the other day in Sweden. I was very impressed to see that um, your your cartooning panels were up in that exhibit in Sweden. What? I don't know anything about this. It's called yeah. Instagram. I didn't get no tickets. <laughs> yeah, well, it's also called Facebook page. You can post to that page. I don't think he, I don't think he posted that on there. He just posted uh, it on the Instagram. Page. Well, congratulations. Anyhow, I have to see this now. I, I was I was looking. I was like, wait, Johannes, you. Uh, really? He's like, yeah, I've, I've got an exhibit going on. That's pretty dope. That is amazing. Yeah, Good so that's you. Fantastic. Keep it going. And also, shout out to Mike D, who ended up finally showing up for the show. <laughs> He's somewhere in the background, like, listening, yeah. still with his jacket on, which means he just got in. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was keeping good good uh, Latino time, as always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it could have been CPT, but that would have been later. He would have never showed up. <laughs> Any shout outs, Mike, Ralph, or JP? Yes. My... Oldest, and I do stress the word old niece. She'll be having a birthday, I guess. Oh, coming up 
This uh, I say Tuesday. I think is her birthday. Oh wow! Yeah, and uh, you know, I I just remind her that I'm 25, so I'm actually younger than her. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) And by the way, but of course, she'll never hear it. She never listened to this podcast. Yeah, I was the happy birthday. What's her name? Aaron. Aaron. Oh, okay. Yes. I think be not to be confused with our friend Aaron. Yeah, I only actually talk to people that have names related to other people I know. So this way, it's easier easier pool of names. (laughs) Oh wow! (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Ralph? Uh, shout out to my brother. His daughter, my niece, turned five months um, on Sunday. Was it? And he didn't break. He didn't break her yet. Good. No, good job. Not yet. <laughs> there was dope. there was a, a false alarm, but then oh, don't fine. even joke like that. <laughs> Me as a, as a young father, I was like, whoa, 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 okay. You mean the father of a young baby? Yeah, yeah, not a young father. You kind of old. Oh, so I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm a new father. Fuck you guys. Yeah, hey, there you guys. Just stick with that. Your accessory right is waiting for you downstairs. Wow. You'd be a young grandfather, though. Okay, Crocs. <laughs> Denzel's father. Nobody's talking to you. <laughs> JP, any shout outs for you? Uh, just all those who support and uh, help out and contributed to and support Sons of Faith. All right, that's right. That's what's yeah. up. I, one thing I did want to think though is that you know we have um, signed, like I said, signed and numbered copies of the Sons of Fate uh, Legacy. So I'm thinking if he hasn't gotten a lot of books out, if anything happened to JP, <laughs> <laughs> our books would go up in value immediately. I, and we, I and I am at the top of a five floor walk up. <laughs> I'm just saying that those steps could be slippery. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Good luck getting out of this apartment alive. <laughs> oh man, you you just made it creepy at the end. Well, creepy or real, <laughs> you decide. Well, you know it's real. The end of the show, unfortunately, is real. So for MFG, Mike the Finance Guy, RT Square, Ralph the Tech, and our special guest for this week, JP Deshong. This is the Cap saying, "Keep it geeky." And the countdown to Star Wars: Force Unleashed is on. It's actually going to be more popular than Christmas. Why you gotta do that?